All right, so if you are listening to this right now, that means we have successfully just dipped our toe into the world of video podcasting. You can catch us on the YouTubes and watch us ramble incoherently about mass and football. Going to be something like Black Swarm Podcast or some such, I assume. Uh, I'll, we'll get that link blasted out, you know, when we get around to making the YouTube page. And uh, if not, then all this is going to get cut, and you can just find us how we are normal with all the other shit, you know, on... Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and hopefully Spotify here soon, so that'll be neat. So, let's get the show started. Welcome to the week two edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Piper here with Rob Antonell. Uh, recording on a little bit of a different schedule this week. You know, last episode I said I was going to be off up in Youngstown wearing camis for a couple weeks. They found a couple days to get us uh, some time off, so I got to watch the game. Now here it's here day after kickoff, um, and we're just getting a quick one in the can. You know, uh, just talk about last night and maybe look at a little bit the Glen Oak as much as we can. So... Uh, let's just get into it, man. Uh, vibe check of last night. What was it? 49-31 loss? Yeah, 18 points. 18-point loss. Um, so I got my thoughts and feelings on it. How are you feeling about it? Well, uh, a couple of different feelings with it. I mean, I think in general, there's a lot of people that are they have the takeaway from it that we played all right. We showed some things. Obviously, uh, there's a few big plays that hurt us, mm-hmm. um, but I, I think there were some positive takeaways with it. Personally, I was my biggest disappointment was that we lost by 18. <laughs> the spread yeah. was 17. Um, so I, I was hoping we could cover, right? So like, yeah. just from that standpoint, if you're not going to win, you know, you want to do better than what's expected, you know, from local bookies that don't know that much but they're they're off by one so it must have been hey good uh, teams win great teams cover yeah so i would have liked us to i i mean we'll get into it but i think there were plenty of opportunities for you know i I don't want to get into the we should have won conversation but i think there was plenty of opportunities for us to have it a lot closer than it was Mm -hmm. so uh, i I think that's kind of where i stand with it right now Uh, i think we showed some positive things i think we played a really tough team it's week one we're young inexperienced um, but with that, I, there were still some things that I would expected to, you know, maybe go a little bit better. So looking forward, I think a lot of those things will get cleaned up hopefully. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, overall, I think like it, it's rough to take one on the chin and walk away feeling good about it, but that's kind of how I felt about this game in general. You know, it's, you hate to like be able to point it about, five to seven plays that like if they would have went differently yeah then that game would have been a lot closer but that's football baby i mean that's just how it goes um 
you can't let it get down to a handful of plays and kudos to the team for you know fighting back into it like just going back and looking at the box score i didn't realize it was it was 31 to 10 with halfway through the third quarter and by that point you know most teams a lot of a lot of teams would have rolled over and be like well let's this is a tough team you know stuff didn't go our way tonight let's pack it up just try not to get hurt and get out of here and the team kept fighting man like we scratching and clawing our way back into it and right after that onside kick i think like that's where you know the hope got the highest Mm -hmm. we were rolling we had all the momentum and then shit just went downhill in a bad way but it is what it is it's a it's a gut check week one see where you're at as a team you know like we said last week you week one is where you you figure out where you think you're at and then you learn where you're actually at so let's just get into some of the specifics man uh opening kickoff fumbled yep give it right to molar that can't happen and everything just rolled from there so yeah i mean obviously uh, like you said the the opening kickoff you know beginning of the year everybody's excited uh not to mention just how big of a play it is in general any time of the game you know you don't want to fumble a kickoff so to start the game we're getting the ball and we give it right back to them right Mm -hmm. there what inside their own 15 yeah inside the 20 for sure um so i mean that's a huge swing right there you know we thought we we have a game plan we're gonna come out we're gonna do this on offense we're getting the rock let's go next thing you know they have the ball on the 15 now it's you know backs against the wall we can't let them get up early um which they do so uh i know from that standpoint giving up that touchdown early i think that was another portion of the game uh it might not seem like it at the time but that specific play or concept you know came back to bite us later on in the game too so you mean the touchdown play they ran yeah the touchdown play they ran coming out of it um i guess we can get into that one you know they looking at the box score it looks like they just poured it on us through the air but like watching the game it was just they hit a couple rpos for big plays yeah. And that particular one, they just line up tight end into the boundary, two wide receivers split out wide of the field, run stretch to the tight end side. You have that slot guy run a bubble to the other way, and defense flows with the stretch action, toss it out to the bubble. Safeties come crashing down trying to make a play on it. He takes a bad angle. Guy with the ball just turns it upfield and scores. And then was it late the third or fourth quarter that – they ended up coming right back to that exact same concept, exact same play, exact same bad angle taken by the safety, and another touchdown. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of a tough play in general. You're putting a guy out in space, mm-hmm. trying to have him make a one-on-one tackle, right? So it's a tough spot to begin with. But, uh, I mean, that's something that as the year goes on, you're, you're going to have to make those kind of plays. Yeah. Uh, you can't give up. You know that that's a it's a short touchdown, right on paper. But then later in the game, same play goes for sixty mm-hmm. or something. So when you're one on one in space, I mean teams are gonna put you in bad positions as a defense. So you got to find a way to overcome that. Got to make a play. Uh, we got a lot of kids out there that are inexperienced, really young. You know, you got sophomores out there starting in the secondary, or at least one of them. So I mean, it's a learning curve. It's kind of expected for mm-hmm. younger players and experienced players to make mistakes. 
um, which there's a bunch of them throughout the game by many different players. But it, it comes with the territory of having young, inexperienced kids out there. So hopefully more reps, um, seeing you know these full live speed of other teams, not just the same guys in practice. Um, you know, with a shorter off season, yeah, shorter will fall really. Um, I mean, you're this, missing a full week of two days, really. Yeah, so you're missing. A, I mean, like you said, that full week of having pads on compared to other years. So, still trying to get into full game speed. You know, we had one scrimmage that mm-hmm. was an actual game simulation, um, two scrimmages total. So, trying to get everything into game speed, going against other competition, something to get used to, especially for the younger and inexperienced players. So, that's a. Uh, that was one mark of the game that you know I think we all came away from thinking about. Yeah. Um, another one was you know when we finally got that ball back, we get on offense like okay we come out and kind of a formation we haven't really used much of tight end one side three wide receivers split out to the other. Uh, it looked like we we're you know getting some stretch action to the tight end with a bubble RPO to the other side. I thought defensively they covered it up well. They were running some funky stuff on defense, man. Like, they were moving all over the place, showing too high or one high pre-snap and rolling out of it. Um, More than a few snaps, like, lining up without any sort of middle linebacker and then rolling safety down into that position post-snap. So that any kind of, like, RPO stuff you're hoping to run, that just screws with the quarterback. Like, okay, who's my actual read guy? Who am I trying to key off of? Who am I trying to make wrong here to make us right? Mm-hmm. And to come out and see that week one for a sophomore quarterback and uh, kind of a young team overall, you know, that that's rough. And But it's part of the game. It's part of having a sophomore quarterback. It's part of football in general. You know, you come out those first couple drives for both teams really is – it's like fact finding you know you're coming out you're trying to see like okay what are these guys running are they running this how we thought they would are they trying to defend us how we thought they would you know like who who can we start picking on what are they changing up and just going from there so like anytime an offense starts slow i'm not necessarily worried about that that's just part of the game you know uh but it seemed like it took us just a little bit longer to get going. Um, I liked having, like we talked about before, having Lennox split out wide. Um, rough to see him drop a couple balls. Rough to see a lot of players dropping some balls, man. That was like, yeah. it It felt like any time we started to get a, ryth- a rhythm in the passing game, either quarterback was just had like a bad misfire or a receiver had a bad drop. And that stuff you clean up, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just going off memory, I think we had like five or six drops, which you never want to see that. Uh, You definitely don't want to have that many, that's for sure. Uh, In a tough game like that, kills drives, uh, kills momentum. So that's something you definitely got to clean up, and I think they will. Um, Just from like the law of averages, I can't imagine we're going to continue having issues like that. I mean, if so, you got to find different guys. Yeah. Um, but I, I really don't think that's going to be an issue. It's not something you've really seen in the past. So, you know, one game, it's a fluke. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it in a couple games, like, all right, now it's a problem. So it really hurt that game, but I wouldn't be concerned about that going forward. Um, so not worried about that, but it definitely hurt last night, that's for sure. It's just one of those things, like anything else, the more reps they get, I think they're going to get better at it. Yeah. 
And it's, you know, when it rains, it pours. You get a couple guys drop the ball out there, then suddenly you're not just, like, catching and running with it. You're thinking about, oh, God, I can't drop this, and you just get so far inside your head yeah. that just everything goes to shit. Um, I've found it pretty interesting on offense. We found a rhythm operating out of four wide, which is, like, something we haven't really been able to do since mm-hmm. Longwell was back at QB. And once we got going with that stuff – I don't know if it was if like that's gonna be our go-to personnel in the future, or if you know that's just something that our offense particularly found successful against Mueller's defense. But it was really interesting to see like that's pretty much the best way we were moving the football against a high-caliber defense like that using personnel we haven't really been successful with in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that like, I remember hearing you saying it last night, but it's not what I was noticing. Like, I don't pick up on that quite as much as you. I, I don't focus on formations as much. Um, I usually look at individual things. Uh, I might look at, like, one half of the, the field. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to break things up that way rather than looking at the the whole thing schematically. Which is something I should probably do more. Like so, like when they come out, I'm looking at our what what do I see up top? Yeah. What do I see in the boundary? I don't stop and think, oh, we're in three by one or we're in. Two. Mm-hmm. So I don't comprehend exactly what formations we're in as much as what I'm seeing, offense versus defense that exact play, which I should probably start paying attention to that a little bit more. <laughs> but uh, but I, I you mentioned that and then I started realizing it and I was watching more. It's like oh yeah, I mean me right so i mean interesting to see how that will go i mean i would like to see that mm-hmm. more often more often like if, you, if you're good at it i mean i think that's really tough on defenses and uh you know just being being able to spread the ball around in general you know for the average fan they enjoy that so uh you know you can get eight yards of carry all the way down the field but you always have the fan that's yelling at you to throw it so I mean, I'm over in the stands. <laughs> like, hey, just pound the rock, baby. Pound that rock. No, I mean, that's a smart thing to do, and that's yeah. what coaches do. But yeah. from a fan standpoint, you know, they want to see you slinging around a little bit. Yeah. They don't care if you're getting eight yards of carry. You know? Listen, it, it, I'll admit, as much as I love the run game, there's nothing prettier than a, just a real nice deep ball, man. Yeah. I mean, I like going out there and just shredding defenses. You know, five yards at a time, mm-hmm. eight yards at a time, 15 yards here, three yards there. I mean, I mean, you've seen me play Madden. That's my go-to as well. Yeah. See, let's go out there. and just, I mean, I like that. I like having it in the arsenal, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, if it's tough sledding up front, maybe you can kind of spread a team out a little bit. So, I think that did work for us. In general, I was, I was happy with our offense last night. Yeah. Um... I was more worried about the offense than the defense. I thought the defense was going to be really solid, and I think they were mm-hmm. if you take away a couple key plays like we've talked about. So a couple couple mistakes, and I think the defense played pretty well. So it's not going to look like that in the box no. score. But I was more worried about the offense going into it, if we're just being honest. Uh, I was really questionable on how our line was going to look week one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always tough to mesh and gel really early in the year you're playing a tough team uh one less week of practice like we talked about but I, I think in general the line did better than i expected much better so th- there weren't really any times when i was just 
I noticed that the line just really was stinking up a play, right? Yeah. So it's not like we went out there and just dominated all game. But I was worried that there was going to be a few miscues or just a few blown protections. or like I was looking for the catastrophic something somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't remember that ever happening. So I think they held their own at least more than what I expected going into it. So maybe I was just way more down <laughs> on the line than I should have been. Not because there's any reason for it, just playing a tough team week one, trying to get people to mesh out there. Yeah. Right. So um also, you know, we're not at full strength um right now either. So I think I, I was just expecting like if something is going to be wrong, like that was gonna be it. I feel like that's just the toughest position yeah. group to really work fluently this early in the year so i mean it's hard in general because like as a receiver you know you can go out you can run your route you can do your job and more or less be successful yeah exactly a running back you can you know you see it at like the lower levels of you put the best kid at running back hey go out there make a play kid yep um with the offensive line it's not just you can't have like one or two studs and then a bunch of slapdicks out there Mm -hmm. it's five guys have to work as one cohesive unit um i make fun of you for it but like when you're drawing plays and you just draw that one rectangle that's kind of how you have to look at it it's not five individuals out there it's just one mass of five moving bodies going in sync that all have to op that all have to successfully execute their little Mm -hmm. tidbit in the overall scheme for it to all work yeah see i mean that's kind of my point of it is i look at it as a unit and I'll be the first to admit that I'm not going to tell you what kind of blocking scheme you need to run on this play that I'm drawing for you. Mm-hmm. So I'll draw a rectangle, and it's like, all right, listen, Hank, you figure out like how we should be blocking this, but this is the play I'm talking about. Yeah. Because I don't know like how they should be blocking this, but I know it's a unit, and I know all five or six need to be in sync and doing it all together in the right way or it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as a unit, and... You know, you have the most chances to fail with that. You know, if one receiver runs a route not so great or runs the wrong route even, like, you still have other options. Um, Quarterback can take off and run. He can throw it away. He can find another guy. If one guy misses his protection, he slides the wrong way, looks the wrong way, picks up the wrong guy. Like, now you got a free release, you know. um, And now you're asking five people to all be correct at once. Yeah. Rather than one person to be correct. So... There's just more room to air there. So going into it, that's why I thought, like, you know, if I saw some issues, it'd be there. And I'm kind of surprised that just off, you know, the top of my head, I was never sitting in the stands and, like, thought, oh, God, like, we just blew that play. Like, mm-hmm. So um, I was excited to see that. I think that's a huge positive going forward. So offense in general, I mean, I don't know how you really want to break this down tonight, but I, I think they showed a lot of promise. And we put up more points against more than I think people expected. Yeah. So, um, and with that, you still had the potential to put up more. So, mm-hmm. um, I think to kind of echo your point about the offensive line, I was, I mean, you know me, I'm always a little more like on the bright side of stuff, a little more optimistic about the situation in general. Uh, I, I was pretty hopeful about our line. Maybe those got tamped a little bit after what you told me about the Bookdale scrimmage, but uh, yeah. still overall, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I think we're going to be, we're going to be okay 
it's not going to be a dumpster fire out there and i can work with that mm-hmm. uh, and we come out and it we were okay to good like i thought overall um ran just like i said last week you can see how well a coaching staff thinks their offensive line is based on the different concepts they run uh you know you saw our power which we're gonna run uh ran a fair bit of counter as well a little bit of inside zone a little bit of outside and mid zone too and i'm only specifying the mid zone because i think that's an extra run we have in our belt when you go four wide your run game is pretty drastically cut down you know you can't you don't really have power you don't really have counter you don't really have much of an outside run you kind of have either inside zone or just like a guard lead like a pretty much a light power inside and that's kind of the downside of why you can't just operate out of four wide all the time is because you lose so much in the run game and like we talked about last week with Lennox being able to bounce between the slot and the backfield, I think when you have him, when you start, when you operate out of four wide, you can have him in the slot one play, and when it gets down to nut crunch time, you need a couple yards, you need to run the ball, you can move him into the backfield. Suddenly you have, you know, two running backs, even if your actual run plays aren't that, you know, you only got a couple there, you have an extra guy to either lead block or just the misdirection element that the linebackers are going to hesitate they don't exactly know where the ball can go um so that's something i'm looking forward to see if we lean into this four wide which seemed like we were pretty good at the rest of it i thought we were going to run a lot more heavy personnel than we did just because of how much we were talking up you know like we're going to be leaning into this run game with trell and lennox and how's you know how's our sophomore quarterback going to do you can't put so much on him how how do you help out with that is a strong run game and it seemed like we tried to do that and we just couldn't do much with it you know we just happened to be more successful moving the ball with the four wide stuff uh kind of with that i mean you want to get into the next real like bugaboo we all had about the game going into halftime um so going into halftime that you're referring to uh that like two minute drill we were doing Mm -hmm. the end of the two minute drill i think that's where yeah you know kind of got to us a little bit um so i don't know how you want to classify it you know from a time management perspective or a play calling perspective all right i'll give you a little bit of both i'll give you my thoughts and then you can tell me if i'm right or wrong on this okay so we start the two-minute drill, you know, down on the other side of the field, get it, hop into four wide, and kind of march down the field, do a pretty good job of it. Didn't really pick up much chunk plays, but we got we moved the ball like we needed to, and we get down inside the 10 with like 30-some seconds left. About right? I was going to say like inside the 15, but yeah, we're down there. Yeah. Yeah. We're down there. And I understand when you get down into that part of the field, you know, field gets shorter, space is more at a premium, you got more defensive bodies, kind of compressed more because just because there's less field. And we hopped into tight end to running back personnel. Ran the ball, picked up like what, four or five yards, called a timeout, and then ran a play action, looked like we were trying to get Lennox yeah. open into the flat. It was covered up. QB didn't know what to go, what to do with the ball. Get sacked, and 
we got to spike it and go for the field goal, which ended up getting blocked. So it's like whole thing. Yeah. I think if we at least got that field goal, we could walk away, Come with, away with some points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, so just kind of reiterating what you just said, but I think one thing that I wanted to add into it yeah. is we're working our way down the field. We have one timeout left. Moeller takes a timeout right before what you just the sequence you just said. So we come out of a timeout. Mm-hmm. I, I believe this is all correct. We come out of a timeout. We do that run play. Well, that sucks. Flag decided to fall on us. Um, so we, we do that run. We get four or five yards, right? Then we have to immediately call a timeout. Mm-hmm. And my whole process was like, I feel like we should have had a follow-up play. I, I'm not saying you need to call two plays in the yeah. huddle. You know, I don't know if that's where we're at right now. I don't know if you can call a second play um, ahead of time with the young group of kids we have now or mm-hmm. even really any high school group. But uh, I felt like we needed to have a follow-up play there. Ready to go because on the spot. Because I don't know what your expected outcome was. That like you got four or five yards on a run. Yeah, I mean, unless he scores there, yeah, the you, you have a, like you're yeah. gonna have to have another play after it. So we we burn our last timeout right there, mm-hmm. coming out of a timeout when we ran it. So now we have no more timeouts left. And then, like you said, we ran that play, clear out route. I mean, whatever you want to call it. Lennox is running out to the right. Slaughter's rolling out to the right. Lennox is covered. So really, your only option there is to throw it at his feet, which that would have been the correct play. Yeah. But you have a sophomore quarterback in his first game. Maybe, like, he was taught, hey, this is your one route. If he's not there, you have to throw it at his feet. Can't take a sack. Or you had a sophomore quarterback that his only option was covered, and he took a sack. Mm-hmm. So now you're running out. Well, you had the spike. So we're immediately going for the spike, um, which we still had, like, 13 seconds left yeah but it's third down um i don't think we anticipated our offense was going to get lined up as quick as they could you know look for further down the year or next year or something like mm-hmm. i'd like to see like i think we had time to maybe throw one up yeah <laughs> throwing up down the side a little dan marino fake but i mean Heinz- you might not have time for a fake but no they, they got yeah. they lined up they did the spike yeah. everything as you wanted yeah. And then the field goal got blocked. So, I mean, ended up just not getting points in that situation. And that's it's kind of disappointing because we got down there. Mm-hmm. So, to come away with no points, like, you're looking for any reason to be mad about it, yeah. which we are. So, um, it just stinks. You know, if he makes a field goal, this probably doesn't even get brought up, really. Right. Pro- it, we're, probably we're, not. But, yeah, like, yeah. Um, so, you're just coming with, not coming with points. So you're just looking back at it like, darn, we, we needed to get points there. Yeah. I mean, I always hate to criticize, like, specific play calls. Like, oh, why'd you run this here instead of running, you know, that there? Yeah. Because you don't know what plays you have at your disposal. You don't know what you've practiced. You don't know what looks good in practice. You don't know what doesn't. You're also not keeping track of what you've been setting up all game and how they've been. Yeah. But that just seemed like a situation that you just almost outsmarted yourself. And I, I feel like there's been a couple situations like that of just, like, our coaches, our coaching staff outsmarting themselves throughout, you know, the four or five years they've been together at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's another one, man. It's like 
I I don't know. I don't know what we had, what you can call from the plus 15, but that first down run, in my opinion, that ain't it. Yeah, I just don't know what, like, I mean, best case scenario, he breaks it for a touchdown. Yeah. But anything outside of that, you're, bur- you're, you're burning your last time out and setting up your next play. Maybe they really loved this play that didn't work from the from the seven from the yeah. 10 whatever it was it's like hey maybe if we run it five yards we know they're gonna you know whatever so like yeah maybe we had the perfect play from the seven but not from the 15 no idea but you know looking at it it, it seemed weird at the time like we we go out we come out of a timeout get four yards on a run burn a timeout so i don't know i feel like from everything that i've seen slaughter has been pretty protective of the ball he hasn't really put it in danger too many times Mm-mm. um looking at the scrimmage looking at last night in general i mean he had he had the one interception late in the game or yeah. trying to throw yeah. up a wheel route it's like hey this is the route throw it up left mm-hmm. it a little, i mean good coverage Moore had really good coverage all yeah. night yeah they had a pretty sticky second so but in general i think he does a pretty good job of being safe with the ball he doesn't put it in harm's way so mm-hmm. Maybe I would have liked to see a little bit more options there. So maybe you go four wide and give him a couple guys to look at, let him roll around, scramble, because he does a good job of that. Yeah. He maneuvers the pocket. He scrambles the field, finds open guys. Um, That was another thing that stuck out last night was, man, he is, like, really cool under pressure. Yes, I mean, that's you been know? my biggest takeaway from him, period, you know, as the thunder rolls. Um on a nice rainy Saturday night. Yep. At the Bookdal scrimmage, we struggled to begin with, right? And a lot of our passing didn't go very well. And I remember hearing that Slaughter looked rattled against Bookdal. And that's not the way I saw it at all. I think our pass protection was not doing very well mm-hmm. against Bookdal. And I think really... It's like Slaughter, if anything, is too cool back there. <laughs> He's too calm, right? The confidence is maybe a little bit too high. He will sit back there. He'll maneuver the pocket. He'll find an open guy. And a lot more in the Bookdal game than last night. Mm-hmm. But you can still see some tendencies of it last night. He would maneuver the pocket. He'd move around. He'd scramble, whatever it is. And then he would just flick it out to a receiver. He would just flick it like you'd see Patty Mahomes do in the NFL. Right, his arm talent is just so amazing that he can be off platform. He can throw off the wrong foot. He can throw side on like whatever it is. He can just flick it out there because he's Patty Mahomes and he can do that. And I feel like Slaughter has a little bit of that tendency. Once again, more in the scrimmage than last night. But he was so cool and calm back there. He can maneuver himself, maneuver his body, stay clean, find the open guy, and then just flick it out to him. And in the booktop scrimmage, he left a lot of passes short because I. Personally, I think that's why. I think he was off-platform, didn't have his feet set under him, and just flicked it out there because he thought he could. Mm-hmm. And they were accurate passes. They were just short, right? So it's not like it was wild. I think he just thought he could get it there by flicking it, and it didn't get there. Um, I think that carried over a little bit into this week. This week. Uh, I know he did leave one short, maybe two short. Um, had a tag screen that he threw. Yeah. Had to go down on a knee to get it. Um, and I think that's just like... Th- him thinking he can just fling it out there when really you're still a first game sophomore like maybe you need to 
use your mechanics a little bit more. But going back to how this all started is I don't think he's rattled back there at all. Some people might look at it that way. I even heard it last night is they thought he looked rattled back there after he just completed like five straight. Right. I don't think he's rattled. I think he's cool. I think he's just very comfortable off platform. Mm -hmm. I think he likes moving around. He likes scrambling, finding open guys. And I think he does that a little bit better than just a straight drop back even. The one thing that we talked about is some of his straight drop backs, some of the throws he misses. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially more in the Bookdal game, in the Bookdal scrimmage, is it, it seemed like he was throwing to spots rather than the receiver. And then there's times where he's definitely throwing at the receiver. So I don't, I think there's a small mix up there of sometimes he's throwing to spots, sometimes he's throwing to receivers. Um, I think last night there was one he threw a corner route and it got there before the receiver did. Yeah. Is that just an overthrow? Or was his timing telling him the receiver should have been there when he wasn't? Is he throwing to a spot? Is he throwing to the receiver? I, I don't I don't know. Um, it was a little bit of an overthrow. And then he had other ones that he just flat out missed. And, you know, that's it is what it is. He, he missed a few throws. But I, don't, I think he is calm and cool back there. Yeah. And all of this is, like, hard to say for sure without having any sort of replay we can go back and watch. You know, this is just the day after. This is mm-hmm. just straight from what we remember last night. Uh, one thing I do want to say I disagree with you on, mm-hmm. I don't think a quarterback can be too confident. Unless he starts just slanging interceptions left and right, like he yeah. sees a hole he thinks he can fit it into and just it's to the other team, I don't think he can be too confident back there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want it to come off that way. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's too confident. I think you just, no matter how confident you are in your ability, you still need to make sure you're making the right throw, right? So you can be super confident, and I want you to be. I want you to go out there and make a play and everything. But if you have two or three of them that are short, or if you're trying to flick one over a defender's head mm-hmm. at, at a receiver – you know, a little bit more precision, maybe. Yeah. So he had one last night where he tried to throw it over to the defender's head to just drop it off to a guy, and it went like seven yards over his head, something like that. In the scrimmage last week, he kind of did the same thing. Mm-hmm. He just flicked one out to, uh, I mean, mind you, it was like a fullback going out there. <laughs> so I, I actually think it was a decent pass, but the fullback wasn't as able to track the ball down as a receiver might be. So um, just a little bit of that, you know, I, I think everything last night was okay, mm-hmm. but that's like a tendency I'd like to. I don't want to see it where he has three or four short throws in a game. Yeah, that that's all. Like in the scrimmage, you saw it a little bit last night. I think he did much better. Still had a couple balls he just missed. Guy going up the seam, underthrew him a little bit. Um, long ball overthrown. Yeah. So, um, I think no one's of, gonna be perfect. And he's he's really young, but. right? I think kind of one thing in there that like we're dancing around is when a quarterback like has to scramble like that it means the pocket's breaking down and we had just got done talking about how okay the line played yeah the pocket really didn't start breaking down and he didn't have to start doing that scramble drill stuff until we really got behind and we got more into obvious passing situations um yeah so just kind of more to speak on the line again i think they held up pretty well for the situation they were in you know, when a defensive line can pin their ears back and just rush the passer, and 
run all that crazy shit that Moeller was running to begin with, then as an offensive lineman, you're kind of at a disadvantage. So, again, they held up. They did a pretty good for the situation they were thrown into. And a lot of times, you know, you see you see those DNs run the hoop. Lefty, he had room to step up in the pocket, you know, move around a little bit. It wasn't like the pocket was just collapsing. He had dudes in his face all night. Like, it was just the defensive line was winning the pass rush, which generally happens. So, yeah, I think the line held up fine last mm-hmm. night. Um, I think Moeller's defense was good. Their coverage was good. There's a lot of times I was looking at, you know, scanning one side of the field, and it's like, ah, these guys are just covered. Or that guy was covered. Or it's like, here, we're trying to hit this guy, but he was covered. Yeah. Um. So, I think they did a really good job of picking up our receivers and coverage. So, uh, I mean, kudos to them. They were it looked good so you know there weren't just open guys all night you know the few times you know we had we had our completions and then you had the few that you wish you would have had but in general i think their defense was real sticky back there covering our guys really well so that's going to hurt your line right so i mean your quarterback could be back there for a couple seconds and the ball should have been out by now and then it starts to break down i mean that's just natural it's going to happen so a little combination of you know really tough defense on the back end and then a defense alignment's eventually going to get home so yeah all of that combined it's your quarterback's gonna have to move around every now and then but i think that's one of his strengths is moving around it's any given you know uh pass play per- offensive line protection is going to break down defensive secondary coverage is going to break down it's just which one yeah. happens last really so overall like we said you know good job out there so that was kind of the first half. Um, I would like to think, you know, we're friends with a lot of the coaches. That by now they know we're not talking out of our asses when we kind of do any criticism. If they would like to hit us up and correct us on anything and be like, hey, dumb shit, this is actually what we were trying to do. I mean, yeah, I'll come out and say I'm a big old dummy on the next podcast or whatever. So feel free to hit us up. Uh, moving right along. Uh, second half, you know, I think the defense was more the story for me the second half than the offense. And it's not like we got shredded up and down the field. It was it was a game of Moeller would find some stuff that was working. We would figure out what they were doing, figure out how to stop it, and then they would find something else. And a lot of the shit that they found were some – just RPOs hitting one side, you know, running one side, then hitting open dudes on the other, whether it be that bubble route or the bang eight post from the number two that safety just whiffed on and guy takes it in for six. Anything else stick out to you like that? No, I think it's just, you know, there's a few plays where, you know, it could be a one-on-one situation, essentially, and, and we missed, right? So that bubble screen you talked about, um, we had that bang eight where uh, I think the corner the corner just missed a tackle on it or the double slant, whatever they had going. Um, you know, running back going up the seam, tough mm-hmm. coverage for That running everyone. back up the seam play, 
I remember seeing that lot. Well, I remember you pointing out like, oh, running back up the seams, not something you see every day. I'm like, oh, that is what happened. Why is only our OB linebacker trying to cover him? And without being able to look at the replay or anything, I'm guessing that they managed to catch our defense in something where we ended up the backside safety was farther play. I I don't know. Couldn't see the re- they didn't show the replay. We don't have anything to watch right now. I feel like that was just something they got to dial up that they caught us in something that they liked, and yeah. suddenly our you know rush linebackers trying to cover a running back running fifty yards downfield. Yeah, I mean you get a few one on ones, you get a few weird matchups, and you, I don't want to say exploit them because but they won the battle against it. You know, the, the matchup, like they won that one tough spot, and then you, know, you get one-on-ones out there and you got to make a play, right? If you don't get the ball, you got to get the kid. So either way, you can't let it go for 60, 70 yards. A couple big plays. Um, you take those away, it, I, it's not like they were marching on us, really. Like you said, uh, I think our, de- our defensive front seven did good. Um, there's a few times where it looked like they were running on us, but then there's a few times where you're completely stuffing them Mm -hmm. so i think we took away their ability to march down the field on us they just hit a couple big plays on us yeah um the only other thing that really stood out to me was when right after we scored we got that onside kick Mm -hmm. and then we had that four and out man that was a kick in the dick yeah i think that's the one where he missed the two throws yeah back-to-back throws we missed them but so you and I disagree on the first one. I thought it was whatever pass we ran, It, like we talked about, it was covered up pretty well in the secondary, running back leaks out. And I thought he had a dude like right in his face or he was throwing off platform or something. Mm. And, yeah, he missed him. But it wasn't like he just didn't take his time and try to rush a throw. I thought he had a dude right in his face. He was trying to get it around the defender, yeah. and ball just ends up sailing on him. That one, you know, I'm not going to strike the kid for that. Yeah. That was the next one where it looked like we were in four verts and had a kid just booty naked open in the seam that he underthrew it by about six yards, put it right in the dirt. Yeah. That one's on him, kid. It happens. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, I mean, with everything that we've been talking about, I, I still think this is the best passing attack we've had in the last couple of years, last mm-hmm. two years. Um, only seeing one game. But I think the potential is we're gonna we can pass the ball. Potential's Whereas there. The last couple of years, it's you know it's a running team. We, let's try to make them throw it a little bit. Yeah. I don't think you're gonna want to make us throw it this year. It, it's gonna take a second. We're young. We're inexperienced. Um, you know, outside of Banks, we don't have a whole lot of experienced receivers. But you know, give them a game or two. I think it's going to start to mess. You're going to see stuff working. And, yeah, I, I think we're going to be right back on track as being a decent passing team for sure. So mm-hmm. that that's why I'm kind of critiquing it so much. Yeah. Because you I mean, see the it, potential it'd be, there. It'd be so easy to say we have a sophomore quarterback and, like, oh, we're, we just need to run it. We got two D1 running backs. Like, no reason to throw it. No, there's plenty of reasons to throw it because he can. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So um, any critiques I have – is very minor because I see the potential of how great it can be. So that's, uh, I mean, that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah, he missed that one throw up the seam, like you said, left it short. Happens to everyone. Yeah. Then next play, what was it, third and 10? 
ugliest looking attempt at a halfback screen I've seen in quite a while. Yeah, the lineman ended up right running in into the running back, or the running back ran into the lineman. Yeah. I Either way. Don't know who screwed up. We just know it looked ugly. Didn't work. Yeah. Now, with all of the funky stuff and all the movement that they were doing, you know, that could be lineman was going to go get his guy, and his yeah. guy was just like eight yards over from where it he normally would be in a standard defense or running back just messed up the timing and it went to shit regardless mm-hmm. looked bad and then the fourth down call i think it was the second or third time we called that play that game drive i hadn't seen that we haven't seen that since we were spamming it like 10 times a game with aiden longwell back there where the basic premise is in a two by two look the number two receiver to one side is running like a 10-yard dig. The number two to the other is running a drag route. And outside guys, usually a post to go, something that you'll take if you get the matchup. I, 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 I don't like that play call just because of that drag route. And you got the sophomore quarterback. If it's open, he's going to throw it. You know, maybe we saw something with the uh, last time we called the play, like, hey, the dig's going to be open, throw it there, or I I don't know. Regardless, they covered everything up pretty well, and it ends up on a fourth and ten, you're dumping off a three-yard drag route, gets tackled, and ball gets turned over. Yeah. That's, I think, when the wind fully came out of the sails, and it was just like, all right, now we're counting down to get out of here at this point. Yeah, I, something you've mentioned so far, but I've kind of been putting together. You're, you're talking about how many different things their defense is, was doing, yeah. moving around, different looks, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember last year with like Pickerington if what their defense was like. But going back before that, I know Ed's used to move a lot of stuff around on us. Yeah, that right there. And I just feel like that's such a difficult spot week one mm-hmm. is you already have a team that you're just trying to get your basic stuff working against, you know, at full speed against another team. And now you got these teams that are just throwing everything at you on defense trying to confuse the crap out of you. So week one matchups, that's that's pretty tough on your offense. It's rough. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, like especially at the high school level because you're – you know, you're just getting out of middle school freshman ball where everybody's running either, you know, cover three, basic gas cover two, or just, man, mm. you're kind of used to the same picture. It's like just your basic play calls and Madden. And now you're getting into it where, oh, is that safety up there? Is he, like, is he covering the number two deep? Is he rolling down and playing like a Mike linebacker? Is he flying down and playing the flat? Like, and you have eight to 11 guys on defense all moving around so much, you can't definitively say what anybody's job is pre- or post-snap. Yeah, It just presents such a muddied picture that I don't – honestly, I don't even, like, have a – I don't know how I would attack that. As much of a chalkboard warrior as I like to be, like – that's when you just practice scramble drill, and it's like, all right, go out there and make a play, kid. 
Yeah. There was... I did notice it was in the first half, I think, even the first quarter, maybe. Um, they came out... And sometimes I notice these little things mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, like, kids are still kids. Um, but, I mean, all the way up to NFL level and professional levels, you still notice these... Like, you notice tendencies or... You know, a player will give something away, right? You try to disguise things, but they give it away. And you can notice it with how they line up or where they're looking or, you know, just little things. And the defense runs out on the field or out of a huddle or whatever, and their safety is coming towards the boundary, and he is just locked on Banks, who's against the sideline for us. Outside receiver, um, we have two receivers down Mm -hmm. here. Right, I don't know if it was two by two. We had two receivers down low, I think, and Banks was the outside receiver. And this safety rolls over, staring Banks just in the eyes, long enough that I'm like, "Oh, he's he's gonna bracket Banks right here, like for sure." He's trying to figure out where he needs to line up, mm-hmm. to he can get over top of Banks. That's, and I think we ended up running it, so it didn't couldn't really see what he couldn't was going see for. what he was doing. And if you're going back and like watching film of it, you might not realize it because he never fully went over the top of banks but he was staring at banks so hard that i knew he was going to come over and bracket banks it was going to happen and after he was staring at banks he you know just disguised it enough that he's looking back inside watching the quarterback watching the snap and then as soon as the ball snapped his head whips around to look at banks again <laughs> doesn't really get to move too much because i think it was a run or a quick pass it must have been a run but like so just going back, like they're doing different things, but like bracketing banks, something we talked about preseason is, you know, there might be teams that kind of focus on them. Uh, I, I think that's going to go away as you see some more of our other guys make plays. But, you know, going into the season, we really only have one guy that has catches. <laughs> I mean, uh, we, we went over the stats last week. There's We have like three returning guys that had catches last year, something like that. Yeah. Or meaningful catches. Um, so not a lot. And Banks is by far the number one statistical guy returning for us. So I think until we prove some of these other guys can go out there and play, like Banks might get a lot of defensive focus. So that's why we like the idea of Lennox going out there, you know, not just being a D1 football player out in space, but he's so fast. Just the speed alone might force a defense's hand to not focus on Banks as much. So... Um, just interesting to see how teams, they mix it up so much. In week one, you know, you, you're seeing this kind of stuff week one. is really tough. <laughs> the Eds of the world, the Molars of the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pick Central was really good, but I don't remember if they did stuff like that or not. But I did last season almost all, yeah. but I've already brain dumped. Yeah, I mean, I barely remember. If we weren't doing the podcast the day after the game, I have a hard time remembering <laughs> stuff from the game. So, uh, But just seeing that kind of stuff week one, it all ties into just how difficult it is. So if your offense starts off slow or if things aren't meshing perfect, like there's a lot of reasoning to why that is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not going out there and playing some school that just <laughs> drop spot cover yeah. three all game long. Like it, it's easy enough for you to know what they're doing. And you can just run your stuff. Now we're trying to run our stuff and figure out what they're doing out there. So it just adds a whole other element to, so I mean, if you come out a little bit slow, like it's almost expected. Mm-hmm. So, I think overall, like we said, man, um, pretty good performance, all things considered. You get about half a dozen plays back. Stuff might turn out different. Don't know how different, but 
it is what it is. You can't think about the what ifs. You can just take the lessons learned, actually learn from them, mm-hmm. and keep on moving. Uh, yeah, I mean, like we've mentioned, but you take away those big plays, and I think it's almost important to kind of name off some of them just so people realize oh yeah that one and that one and that like so if you kind of remind them we talked about well obviously fumbling the kickoff right which Mm -hmm. then led to that bubble screen where they scored which you know maybe they score from the 15 anyway so it's not like that play gave them a touchdown right yeah well, I mean, it, it did, but like, it's not like it's not like that was a seven-point swing, right? So, mm-hmm. I, you know, let's say they score there anyway, but it showed them later that you know we go back to it. You get a young kid; doesn't matter, young kid, experienced kid, anybody. You get them one-on-one in space like that; it's a tough play. So, later in the game, they run that bubble screen; they go for 50, 60 yards, however long it was. Huge play. Uh, you know, running back up the seam that one for what fifty yards, sixty. You know, um, the Bang eight route that you're talking about. Missed tackle there goes for 50 yards. One we forgot about, the negative punt. Yeah, I was, I was getting to it. But, yeah, um, we had a field goal that got blocked. Yeah. We missed a field goal. Do we miss a field goal or do we miss a PAT? Good question. We'd, we missed something. We doinked one. We doinked one. I can't remember if it was one or three points. Um. Yeah. We missed a kick. Yes. Uh, we had, I believe this went together. We had the two personal fouls, which, first off, I'm, I'm going to sit here and tell you that I don't agree with that. I would have called offsetting. Let's, let's go with that. All right. I think it should have been offsetting. Nonetheless, we retaliated and then retaliated again. So we got compounding personal fouls which pegged us deep those ones do stack right see i was thinking about that earlier i'm not 100 i mean obviously they did right but if they're if they're both dead ball fouls unless they called one during and then one dead ball i thought it was you could or we're just stupid and you can compound them i don't know i they did they did it was half the distance and then half the distance yeah right so we end up like on the seven to start a drive um Again, that all started with a sophomore player. He was the um, the whole reason it all started. Though, I mean, you got to let it go, right? You got to let it go. Yeah. But I still, Moeller definitely, st- all right, nonetheless, two yeah. personal fouls that put us deep. We didn't get anywhere. And then we had a punt safety, which, yeah, you want that one back. Yeah. That's which, for sure. I mean, a, things- taking, a, taking a knee would have been a better. <laughs> okay. So, so if they didn't immediately come out, after that following kickoff from the safety and like score on us. Yeah. I think taking the two or giving the two points and then getting that extra room to kick it is the best option in that spot. I would have rather had a 40 yard punt and then a three and out. All things considered. <laughs> yes, that is the best. No, I would have rather marched down the field and scored a touchdown. Yeah. But if you're going to have a bad punt like that, then yeah. Let's just give the safety's better than then... giving them the ball in the three. Mm-hmm. But then we did the free kick, which we did as a kickoff, because <laughs> uh, we well we weren't going to punt it again. <laughs> um, though not being backed up in your own end zone might change stuff for a punter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's things you got to think about. 
because uh, I do believe it was backed up. I don't know what yard line we were on, but it was a short snap. I was going to say, it seemed like it was... I think we were we inside were the five. So anything inside the five, well, even from the five, it's still going to be a short snap for the snap snapper and the punter. Which, in turn, makes it a shorter distance for the rush. Which exactly. Which speeds so up the punter's Everything's just clock. closer. It, it, just the visual of having all of that closer to you, mm-hmm. it, you know, it can get to you. That's for sure. That's why a lot of teams, you'll be backed up, and on third, you know, it could be third and ten, and they might just run it to get their punter more room. Yeah. Because it does make a big difference. So, uh you know, a negative punt that, I mean, you just don't want to see that. But big play. We're talking about all of these things that, you know, just you're trying to take that away. So we gave them two, give them the ball back, they go down and score. Uh, another one for me, it's not a big play, but I think letting them score at the end was something that I wish we could have stopped, should have stopped kind of thing. They're, Are you saying this just because of your spread? Part of it. I'm basic. Honestly, I'm basing all of this off the spread. <laughs> I hate you because you take away any one of those plays, and you covered. You take away half of them, and you're in a one possession game. Yeah. But at the end of the game, I would have liked us to step up and you know keep the score where it is. Don't let them score. Um, I've been saying, you know, Moeller's just trying to run out the clock and we let them score, which isn't, you know, they're going out there trying to score. No, oh, they you know, are but absolutely they're, but they're trying not, they to. They weren't, yeah, I mean, they weren't passing the ball around. They're running it. And I, at, in the second half, I thought our rush defense was pretty stout. And then we let them go down and score at the end of the game. And that that's what kind of hurt me. I wish we could have, you know, just one concept. Because I think if there's any point in the game where you can stop them, mm-hmm. that would be it. Right at the end. Yeah, so they came out, and it's like, hey, we're going to run the ball and go score, and we let them. So I wish we could could have stopped them there at the end. You knew they were going to score. That coach definitely had the over. (laughs) Coach had the over. And, uh, yeah. But all of that combined, right? So Mm -hmm. I I think that's why there's so much promise. You know, all the things we just listed and, like, five to seven drops – go along with that another half dozen um, throws you want back yeah though i'm not i'm not really counting that because the amount of throws we missed i think is acceptable hmm. it just stinks because the one that got missed yeah may have been a touchdown so yes missing that one throw is like all right that's a big play but i think in general like the percentage was okay the amount of missed throws is very acceptable. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not counting that, but it's like yeah, you know, you hit that one play, hit that one pass, and you know it could have been a touchdown or it's at least a big play. Uh, I mean, same thing with a lot of those drops. You know, how many of those drops could have you know been touchdowns, big plays? Maybe you make a guy miss and you go, you never know. So all of that combined, I, you know, I think there's a lot of promise there, and that's that's why you have this positive outlook after that game. Yeah. Um. I really don't have much else to add to the game it, on the field itself. Just a couple other little odds and ends. Uh, to the fans, maybe don't try and start the TIG chant while one of our guys is down on the field injured directly after we just had a safety. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a bad look overall. Kudos to the rest of the fans for not, like, keeping it going. And then the grown-ass men standing down there next to the VIs. <laughs> Weird yeah. look. You pointed that one out to me, and I yeah. thought it was at least worth mentioning. Weird look. 
leave the student section to the students. Yeah, I mean, it was weird because you got the VIs that stand against the fence, right? And then you got the student section behind them. And there was one VI in general that kept trying to get everybody riled up, um, you know, get chance going, everything. And this one adult just turned around to dap him up like, hey, yeah, you know, good job. You know, you're, you're doing great. It's like, why are you within fist bumping range of a VI? Like, yeah. move some like first off you shouldn't be standing against the railing no right adults should not be against the railing it's actually I, I think a rule you're not allowed to stand against the railing they don't really enforce it but like what are you seeing from there like all you're seeing is the back of kids helmets but these are the same guys that go down there and talk to the kids during the game like as they walk over which is another stupid thing like leave the kids alone right i don't care if it's your nephew yeah right or if you coached them in youth league like leave them alone they got other stuff to do. Like, their coach doesn't want them talking to you, and they feel obligated if you're talking to them and they know you, like, they're supposed to respond. Leave them alone, and don't be shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with the VIs. That's just weird, yeah. right? So, all of that combined. Like, hey, if that's the VI's beer hookup, then I guess let them have that. But It's <laughs> not a thing. They don't have that. <laughs> it's not. That's a joke. Just immediately shooting that one down. <laughs> I, I think after five years of doing this podcast, people know most of the shit that I just offer. No, Hank. They most definitely do not know that we're joking ever. <sighs> really hard for my brand of humor then. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, dude, that's all I got for this game. Do we want to get into the rest of like the results of the local games around here before we kind of look at the Glen Oak a little bit? Yeah, uh, I mean, I know that was like part of my homework. Yeah, pretty much your only thing. But as we were setting up the room, I kept telling myself I was going to get to it, get to it, get to it, and I didn't. Uh, what about the two hours before between? Oh no, I was waiting until now to do it. Okay, cool. That, that was in, that part was intentional. All right, um, I got a couple of scores. I just find the spreads of the game, and then we can compare the actual outcomes to that. Yeah, I mean, I have the spreads for some different games. Perfect. And I, and I know who won a lot of these. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them I don't remember the exact, if they covered or not. But Okay, um, real quick, though, I guess I did save this. I forgot about this. Trell ended up 27 carries, 113 yards, four tutters. I think he did really well. There, yeah. There's a few times where, like, the hole wasn't there and he made something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times he's he's getting you the extra yards uh, you know Charles a he's a dude we know he's a dude dude's a dude um even if it's not always the flashiest stuff um you're going against a really good team like get over 100 yards on them like that's that's noteworthy right there so mm. you don't always have to break off 30 yard 40 yard runs um every single game so i think he did really well and i mean we didn't touch on it but it it deserved to be talked about yeah and then what do you think uh slaughter's stat line was from the game the entire stat line? Yeah, because this, like, it it kind of caught me off guard. How many carries did you say Trill had? 27. 27 carries. And we ran 70 plays. Seven, I was going to guess 50. So, <laughs> no. 70 plays? According to the scoreboard at the end of the game, we ran 70 plays. Oh, my goodness. Well, that changes things a lot. I think I have an idea of, like, around where our passing yards were. Because I, I was looking up there during the game, but I didn't look at the end, towards the end. Um... I'm going to say he had like 180 yards. Wow. So he ended up going, and this looks bad on paper. It might but be less than that. It looks bad on paper, but I think overall he played a lot better than the box score shows. 
13 for 34, 175 yards, one INT. Yeah, so, I mean, people are going to tear me apart for saying I, I think he had an acceptable amount of missed throws because the completion percentage, yeah, obviously doesn't look great there. But mm-hmm. I think he did play way better than that. Yeah. Um, There's a few throws where guys recovered. Um, two down, like one down the sideline to Banks. People were looking for a pass interference. I think he was just covered really well. It was good defense. Uh, and the ball sailed just a little bit out of bounds. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you're going to get that call anyway. But he um, had another, dude, he had another beautiful one right down that yeah. same sideline, man. Like, great throw, put it in a spot where only Banks could go up and get it. And God bless Banks. He went up and got it. High point of that ball with both hands in mm-hmm. stride. And that's one of those as the cornerback for Moeller, you know, you're watching that film, coaches, there ain't no defense for that. Sorry, yeah, kid. Play. Uh, yeah, and then there's another one where on the opposite sideline, I think he threw a really good ball. Banks went up kind of like with one hand, like yeah. not, you know, you would have liked to see him come down with that. I mean, it's a tough, tough catch, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you're a six foot four D1 receiver, like that's what I, I want you to make those kind of plays happen. Yeah. Right. You go up there, you kind of get one hand on it. I think like you could have maybe timed it up a little bit better or like had a higher jump, high pointed it a little bit better, got two hands on it. Maybe not, you know, from, you know, the field with 53 yards, 53 and a half or 53, 53 and a third yards wide, plus the sideline, plus we're at the top of the, you know, so it's a pretty far yeah. <laughs> viewing angle from where I'm at. But it looked like, you know, maybe he could have had a better play on it. But I think that was a good that was a good throw. I mean, another one where he ran that smash route in mm-hmm. the end zone. Slaughter put it up high and outside. But he has these safe throws. You yeah. know, like, if you're going to miss, miss high and away. Miss where the defense can right? get it. So, um, I think the timing of it was, like, that's kind of the only spot you could put it. I mean, you know, six inches lower, a foot lower, and Banks has a shot. But, I mean, he's covered. Yeah. And that's just where it is. You know, if you're going to miss miss safely right Mm -hmm. one interception out of all of those incompletions we're just talking about and that one was kind of a you know just throw it up we're running a wheel here i don't like one-on-one just throw it up yeah so that was the one interception so i mean pretty safe it's not like balls are getting batted down i I think he played well so yeah what do you say the total yards were 175 175 180 yeah i mean pretty close i was like tracking it throughout the game a little bit but then like i said i stopped at the end so Mm -hmm. i don't remember what the total was but yeah so i mean not the most impressive stat line but i think he played above that for sure yep so overall you know like we said good outing showed a lot of promise really tough opponent really just wonky defense trying to figure out what they're even doing Bright future. And yep. by future, I mean the rest of this season. Yeah. So, getting into the rest of the uh, outcomes here. Da, 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 da. All right. So, Medina beat Warren 33-10. to 10. Mm-hmm. What was the spread on that one? It didn't have that one. Damn. Okay. Uh, you know, very near future mass and opponent. Mm-hmm. Another one, Menor beat McKinley 34-21. Spread on that one? Yeah, so Menor was minus 17, so didn't quite cover. Yeah, we said good teams win, great teams cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, da, da, da. Other stuff. 
Glen Oak. Um, kind of a team that's been down, I would say, rock bottom the last couple of years. Yeah. Put on a 51-7 to pounding of Shaker Heights. Yeah, I mean, I I heard that Glen Oak is supposed to be, you know, better this year. Not just as in, like, oh, they can't get worse. But, like, no, like, they are supposed to be a much better team this year. So, kind of looking for them to, you know, do that kind of stuff. Whereas the last couple of years, I don't know if they're putting, what, you say 51? Yeah. I don't think they're putting 50 up on, like, anyone the last couple of years, really. So, I mean... It definitely shows that they're not the same Glen Oak team they were in the past, and mm. uh, it seems like what I was hearing is kind of true so far. So, and then they were minus thirteen, by the way. Oh wow! Yeah, how about that? Uh, and Mansfield beat Norwalk forty-one twenty-nine. Any spread on that one? No. Okay. Let's see if I can find any other ones here. Shout out the Booster Club for putting some for. Hopping on Twitter and showing some scores. Manor McKinley. Let's see. Okay, St. Ed's. What was the spread on their game? So that one was kind of surprising because uh, we did have the spread for that. Where is it? Oh, yeah, they were minus 21. And who'd they play? Toledo Central Catholic, okay. which is a very interesting school for people from our area yeah really for anyone outside of the northwest like it's interesting school because they win like their region they yeah every year champ every year (laughs) and then they get killed by hoban every year Mm -hmm. um something like that so it's hard to tell like are they actually a good school that just can't get past hoban or whoever the next big team is they have to play or is the region just really bad like i mean obviously they're good enough to win the region a lot but how good are they? And obviously, people thought Eds were going to take it to them, and they didn't. Final score ended up being twenty three twenty. Yeah, you know that's a that's a game right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I let's see here. Oh, uh, Fitch beats whoever the hell Foothill is forty two to ten. I have I've never heard of a no Foothill. Idea. Yeah, I mean I know what a Foothill is, lowercase f. I don't know what a Foothill school is. Like a speed bump or something. Yeah, more or less. Okay. Like like a natural one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which seems like a also a speed bump and fitcher schedule too. <laughs> yeah. That's all we got for other scores. Any anything else on that spread there that I mean I should have looked some of these up. Um it's like Hoover was minus seven against Book Dole. Um I saw their score, I already forget. Pretty sure they won. Okay. Um, but I don't I think they covered too. I don't it would have been so easy to look these up real quick, and I just didn't. Um, Jackson was minus nine against Akron East. Uh, they won. They had a big game. Uh, Lake was minus 13 and a half in Alliance. I think they won big. Mm. They covered. Perry beat Central big on Perry was Thursday was, night. What yep. was the spread on that one? Uh, Perry, seven and a half. Really? And they won. Three possessions, uh, at it least? Was, it was big. Yeah. yeah. It start, I guess it started off pretty competitive, and then mm. Perry pulled away. Gotcha. Uh Walsh Jesuit was minus two against Benedictine. I don't think I saw anything about that game. Uh, Sandy Valley was favored by three against Fairless, and they got beat like 50 to nothing or something like that. Hey, the Sharps don't always have it right. Yeah. Uh, St. Xavier versus Lakota West. That would have been an interesting one to look up because I don't know. Uh, Springfield. (laughs) Lakota West pulled it out. They beat uh, Xavier. Well, they were favored by two, so really? they probably covered them. Hmm. Um, 
Springfield Warriors, seven and a half point favorites against Iggy. At Iggy. Did Iggy win that one? I don't know. And then St. Ed's, we talked about Molar Mass when we talked about. Uh, I think the only other game that any relevance to Mass on at least. Congrats on Reno down in Steubenville for getting win mm. number 402. Makes him the leader for all-time wins at, as a head coach in the state of Ohio, which is really impressive. Um, really speaks to his you know athleticism and reflexes and dodging strong opponents to be able to <laughs> you know cream puff your schedule that much to get that many wins as a head coach somewhere. So congrats. Coach Reno, maybe return an email or a phone call to Madison sometime, huh? I mean, he's got a grudge against us, that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, there's plenty of ways to solve that. I mean, he did, on the field, he did, being one of them. He did play us after having the grudge, so another grudge, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, newer grudge. Yeah, newer I guess, grudge. I guess that one kind of forms after we start whooping on them, and what do we end up winning? Like three of the last four of that contract. We lost the first one, and then I don't know if we lost after that. Lost the first one. Smacked him the second year. Yeah, at home. Lost the third one because oh that yeah was we the lost. Game. All right, so we lost. Yeah, we lost my sophomore and senior year. Smacked him the next year. Junior year, and then beat him the next year. Yeah. And then I think the last game they beat us down in Steubenville. Okay. Sounds about right. I just distinctly remember talking about, like, telling somebody, I don't feel great about running a two-minute drive right as our quarterback threw a pick six. That That's my only, like, memory of that game. I don't remember. That's all I got. Well, there was the one year that we scored, like, five straight plays because we kept getting flags. I think that and was... I thought we won that one. Yeah, we won that one. Okay. And then next year they came up. And then year after that was the last time we played him down there, and I think the last time we played him I gotcha. ever. Okay. Yeah, that's all I got there. Um, take a quick break and then preview Glen Oak a little bit and bullshit the rest of however much time we want to bullshit for. Sure. All right. Cool. All right, and we back. So. Like we said before, you know, we're doing this uh, the Saturday night directly after the game. We don't have much information on Glen Oak, but we can give it a shot as best we can off the cuff, some kind of preview. Like we said, uh, they blew out whoever they played. Shaker Heights. Shaker Heights. A lot to a little. Uh, I do have the roster here from last year. So I remember... They threw a lot of stuff at us offensively, um, you know, coming out in more or less I formation, 21 personnel, five wide, four wide, kind of our look with the three wide with the fullback, and really couldn't get much going. In fact, if you told me that their offense didn't get past the 50 at all that night, I am fairly certain that's accurate. What I do remember is that they're quarterback he was a senior that year i believe so he's no longer there the other guy that we had on the roster was a sophomore wildcat 57150 kid 
Don't know if he's still the guy. No idea. Um, but more or less their coaching staff has been the same, right? Like there's been no real noticeable turnover of any sort. I mean, I think they changed coaches last year. Was it? Or two years ago. Yeah, so right, last year was his first year. So he, they've had a full off season together, right? All right, hold on. It was Garcia for a long time. Yeah. Then Garcia stepped down. Mm-hmm. And then he came, came back, back for a year. And oh, I... So the answer to that is no. There has been some changes to the point where I don't even know who their current coach is. Okay, wonderful. is it currently Garcia again? To my knowledge, they didn't have a coaching change this past off season. But I've said before on this podcast, I really don't pay much attention to anything outside of Mass and football and our immediate who we play. We I mean, we usually learn about this kind of stuff like the week of. You know, you get the booster club meeting Monday night. You kind of get a feel from. You know, word of mouth around town. Tuesday, we would normally record Wednesday, so we would have some time to get some information on it. Tonight, we don't, so this is what you're getting. Um, yeah, other than that, man, a lot of uh, last year they were pretty young up front. A junior and a couple and a sophomore D lineman, um, linebacking core. Their starters were three seniors, one junior. Corners were all seniors. Safeties, a couple seniors and a junior. And then a sophomore that uh, played a little bit. Yes, I mean, I just pulled up their huddle real quick. Mm -hmm. um, Which, I mean, they don't have last night's game on there. um, Which is not surprising. But... They have their team, their roster on here, and I mean, uh, I'm not going to go through all of this no, and please don't. learn not... anything about it, No, but so if you just go by, so the first thing that pops up when you open their team is most views, so mm-hmm. individual players, huddles, accounts that have the most views. Uh, the first one, Avante Burt, he's, what is that? Running back, he was a sophomore last year, 5'7", 150. Yeah, they have him at six foot 165 now. Oh, kid hit a Jaden Gorham. Another running back, he was a junior last year, 5'11", 201. Six foot 205, I have most as a fullback. Uh, Romeo, mm, he's a tackle, junior, 5'10", 235. Yep. Uh, oh, lost some weight. Last year he was listed uh, 5'10", 244. Dominic Leon with no position next to his name, six Dom- foot two hundred. Dominic Leon. Uh Clay Harvey, sophomore quarterback, six one one ninety five. Oh. Dominic Leon. Dominic Leon. Not on the roster last year. And a uh Clay Harvey quarterback. Not saying he's a starting quarterback, but by the list of views, yeah. he's in their top he's the first quarterback to get mentioned so far. Um let me see here. I can do it by jersey number but you know i'm not going to scroll through their whole team yeah i mean they are who they are they should be better than the last few years that we've talked to but Mm -hmm. i mean last year we might have had one of our worst offensive performances and still beat them pretty handily like i said our defense just smothered them all night i don't think they could do much but 
like we talked about before, they're on the come up, so look for them to be at worst a scrappy opponent. Yeah. At best, I think they might give us a little bit of a game. Um you know, could be we still only have the one game. This team only has one game against one of the better Division One uh, schools in the state. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe we come into this game a bit of a letdown. Just the last few years of what Glen Oak has been, kids might not be up for it. I don't know. I I really don't know. I have no prediction other than if you told me Maslin minus seventeen and a half, I'm still taking Maslin. I was going to ask you, like, if you were to guess what you think the spread will be without seeing anything about Glen Oak. Yeah. I'll take, right now, shooting blind, mass and 17 and a half. I was thinking, like, my first thought was 21, but then I bumped it down to, like, 19 and a half. But kind of where. So, once again, on the same page there. Once again, not knowing anything about Glen Oak. Yeah. But, I mean, they had a big win last week, so. So, maybe they can keep that momentum rolling, give us a game, and... Like I said last year, man, if we're still not the world beaters that we've been 2018 through 2018, 2019 through 2020-ish, I'm fine with that. I like good high school football games. Yeah. It, it makes it fun. You know, it after a while beating every team you play 45 to 7, 45 to 10, it gets a little boring after a while. Games like Fitch last year, Warren last year, those were a blast. Oh, absolutely. So it wasn't at the Warren game because I was half dead. Oh yeah, but the Fitch game was yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was um, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. All fifty fans that were there on Maslin's side, it was oh yeah, amazing. Yeah, thanks for showing out, guys. It was a but, good fifty fans, but <laughs> yeah, hey, I'll take a good fifty over a, a TIG chant during one of our own injuries. Yeah, not a great look. Not only like was it a bad time coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not great. Mm-hmm. It was kind of surprised that, you know, we had a big crowd last night. Yeah. Um not a whole lot of crowd participate, you know. Maybe it's because there wasn't ever like that huge timing where, you know, when it was a one-score game on a big third down. Mm. So, I mean, that's when you tend to like hear the big chance and, you know, defense and I don't know if I heard any defensive chance. But um it's like maybe it's just cuz we weren't football wise ever in that really big play environment but yeah it wasn't a huge participation from the crowd would have liked like one big tig chan at some point not Mm -hmm. sure if we ever really had that didn't get rolling yeah but we had a we had a big crowd i mean that was good to see it was a pretty decent sized crowd so it actually surprised me seeing pictures today from the game of like the home stands it didn't seem it didn't seem like it was that big of a crowd as but also like you know i walked in went straight up to our spot right i wasn't looking around to see what it how it filled in but yeah it it looked pretty good i know the tailgate was good though Mm -hmm. so you know we can get more of those rolling more people show up say hi what's up absolutely Um, so yeah, that's about all we got for Glen Oak. Now we kind of want to get more into a little fan participation. Open up the DMs a little bit. Uh, you're more on that side of things, kind of social media accounts, most mostly in your hands. I don't do too much with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Still but, more than I do. But yeah, it is more than you. Um, I mean, with that being said, I mean our DMs are always open message us send us a chat um just reply to a tweet tweet at us anything um mostly on twitter 
I mean, probably don't get into Facebook too much. No. I don't even know if we post the links on Facebook. Do you, do you I, go on and post the podcast on Facebook anymore? I haven't been, but, you know, I've been... Probably should. Gone a lot. Yeah. Probably Lately should, so. like, have at least the... The presence on there. Yeah, go post the link to the podcast each week on, on Facebook. Anyway, but point being. Send us send us messages, send us comments, um, anything that you're thinking about, anything you're concerned about, any questions you want to have. I mean, we're not the coach, so, like, we're not going to be able to tell you what we were thinking in this situation or, you know, why this or why that. But, I mean, we can try. Yeah. A lot of the stuff, like, we can come up with answers for. It might not be 100% correct. It might be 0% correct. Um. Yeah, still ab- talk about it absolutely but we'll try to answer answer questions i mean honestly most questions that get asked are not so specific you need the coach to answer it i mean it's better than us but yeah this is what you got so yeah um take what you got kids yeah but you're always open to do it i'm, I'm gonna try to ask for questions like mm-hmm. maybe once a week now but do it whenever you want send us a message during the game when it's fresh on your mind do it right after the game do it the day before a game you know like you know we'll get to it when we do the podcast but feel free to send it any time of the week got something that's on your mind send it if you send one on monday you think of another question on tuesday send another one on tuesday i get you know um we're gonna take as many as we can which i don't think we're ever gonna get so many questions we can't answer all of them but uh you know just send us everything you have we'll answer it or if there's something you want us to talk more about or um you want us whatever it is just give us some kind of feedback we'll bring it up questions concerns or comments ev- even if you have like a take you know something a hot take on something wildly a complaint what you is, know yeah. like just extra mild to wildly spicy you can send it we don't have to put your name down if you want to stay anonymous that's even more fun just anything that's not like explicitly like oh x player sucks we'll talk about it you know yeah absolutely i, mean, I was kind of planning on keeping it anonymous anyway okay because i don't want to have to read off people's names every it, single it is, time that that has been kind of a nightmare situation in the past like i mean if you specifically want us to say your name i guess i will but like besides that it's probably going to be pretty anonymous mm-hmm. um so yeah feel free to send us questions hot takes critiques you know whatever it is say we yeah. say we whatever it is like you don't like the way we do something whether it's the team or the podcast, like, you know, whatever, send a send a critique out there. I mean, oh, especially oh, we, with getting into this video stuff now. Like, yeah. if you want to see us do something, if you want to see more of something, like whatever you want, like yeah. let us know. We're yeah. just kind of doing this for fun, and again, from the beginning up until up and including now, we're just winging it. Absolutely. So with that, you know, like open up the DMs, open up the Twitter replies. Let's mm-hmm. uh, see what the fans got for us on this very late notice Q and A. Yeah. So. Um, a lot of things kind of overlapped. Mm-hmm. I, that's probably not surprising, you know, coming out of one game. Uh, let's see if I can get it opened up here. Um, so let me just start off with uh, the first one was just a very simple, like, just general idea. It was just mental mistakes. So, mm-hmm. like, I think just wanted us to brush upon mental mistakes, maybe from last night in particular or, like, in general. But yeah. if you want to kind of throw something of that real quick uh mental mistakes you know like i think we talked about it before bad personal fouls retaliating i remember there was one down in the north end zone that they flagged both teams offsetting replay the down and 
what we got flagged for was an obvious retaliation. That's something where, as a kid, you know, you just got to be able to throw your hands up, laugh in their face, and walk away. You take that flag, you take whatever they want to give you, and you keep it moving. When a player on the opposing team does something stupid like that, like, they're just giving you free yards, free downs, free points. You just take it, keep her moving. All they're doing is hurting their team. You do not want to be the guy that hurts your team. Yeah, I think the one thing we kind of brushed over is I think we only had three penalties. That was it? I think we only had three um, total. Damn. And I think it might have all been personal fouls. <laughs> um, I mean, I think we played a pretty clean game. Like, not really any false starts, offsides, encroachments. Um uh, illegal procedure. I mean, I think that's a pretty big one. We talked about how young we are. Like yeah. we, we got lined up right every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a lot of positives coming out of the game with not really any penalty, no holdings, like no PIs. Like played a pretty clean game from that standpoint. So, I mean, I think that's pretty impressive, and it doesn't get talked about because you know the lack of something you know the lack of bad things you just yeah. brush by it you know no one's gonna notice when you don't have penalties they only notice when you do mm-hmm. well let's let's talk about how we didn't like you know good job yeah. clean, clean game now the other side of that coin is i'm a guy especially with like the dbs with the offensive line they're not gonna flag every play yeah you're not gonna have that same crew from the green game mm-hmm the refs aren't going to throw flags on every single play. Yeah. Like, There's, do, do something and force the refs to throw the flag. So, I'll kind of, I'd rather have a game with no flags. Let's go with that. But for people that don't know, there are analytical ratios out there of you know how many flags you should have. How many holding calls you should have? The idea is if you're not, if you don't have any holding calls, you're probably not holding enough. Yeah. There's a benefit to holding, right? Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's why people do it. And you don't want to have so many that they get called, but you want to have enough where you're helping your team, right? So at, at the high school level, I'd rather just, hey, let's just play clean football, don't hold. Same thing with like interceptions. If a quarterback doesn't throw enough interceptions, the analytical guys are just going to say he's not taking enough risks. He's not throwing enough tight passes into coverage. But I'd still rather have no interceptions, right? So I think with that one, you can't look at it in a vacuum. Yeah, you got to look at you know like how much is your dude pushing the ball down the field? What's his like average air yards? How many touchdowns are, is he throwing? How is he with the ball in every other aspect of? The well, game? I think the same thing goes with like holding, um, because I think it depends on the play. Yeah. Because if you're holding on a play that you didn't need to, right? Like, it's, it's a quick three-step hitter. Like, they're playing off coverage. Mm-hmm. It's easy five yards, and your guy just, like, blatantly hold. Yes, I mean, obviously, there's everything needs to be broken down into more specifics. But, um, no, I'd, I'd much rather just go with the no flags. I think you Because I don't actually... think we're ever going to get into – at the high school level, I don't think you're ever going to get into the, like – no, you're not getting into the nitty-gritty analytics. Yeah. And frankly, most of the people you coming shouldn't. up with that stuff are nerds that never touched a football in their lives. You take that stuff with a grain of salt, and you can kind of apply it to what you want mm-hmm. to do, and you keep it moving. But I think you can look at, like, say, last night. A big thing that Moeller was doing was lining up with, like, two to three receivers to the field and running that kind of stretch action into the boundary. And they were pretty successful with it for the most part. A couple... A couple of the plays, they had big runs that got that got called back for holding. 
more often than not, there wasn't a holding call on those plays, and I'd be willing to bet that there was still holding there that yeah. like, helped break the runoff. Yeah, there's always for holding. A big that's for chunk. sure. So something like that is what I mean. Yeah, you know, you're gonna at the end of the day, you're gonna come out in the green. You know, you're gonna come out yep. in the positive. But like you said, if if the choice is between 27 penalties and three mm-hmm. penalties, so I'm more, gonna take the three. Moore did have a decent amount. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that I wanted to talk about and I forgot, and I'm just going to bring it up real quick and keep moving, um, which made me mad, were those two that I, at least that I saw of, there was two different legal man downfield screen, I'm calling them screen passes because they caught it past the line, so it's not really a screen, but they set it up like a screen. Uh, So twice, I mean, I didn't go back and rewatch them, but pretty positive that they, two different occasions ran an illegal man downfield screen against us. And it's just a good play call. Really, I mean, in high school, they're a lot more tolerant than college. Mm-hmm. In NFL, it's supposed to be zero tolerance. I think in high school, they give you like three yards or something high, like that. So high school and college is three I yards like downfield. I thought college was one and then NFL, NFL was zero. NFL was one. I thought NFL was zero. NFL is one. Okay. So high school and college are three, NFL is one. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. I mean, high school, they're the most lenient with your lineman going downfield. Um, with... The intention is that high schoolers will just drift and they're pass blocking. It's not meant to run screens down the field and you get an extra three yards. That's not the intention of the rule. So the at least the one, the first one they ran, we both ended up like independently watching that guy run his drag route where he slipped in. It, it wasn't like a tunnel screen where the line all – pass sets real quick yeah. and then releases out to this side. So more of like a pick run pass interference it. and downfield. But It's like, it, it was more of a pick from the inside receiver yeah. as the outside guy runs a drag. Your inside lineman, it looked like they released and they blocked it like you would a halfback screen mm-hmm. to where the guy running the drag just catches it where the halfback would be in that play call. And yeah, it's like they did that, and I'm like, that looked kind of funky. And you said, oh, they had guys downfield. And it's like, well, shit. And you know what? If they're not going to call it, then that's a great play to have in the playbook. Yeah, I mean, it's just a downfield screen. I mean, it's a couple of yards, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a downfield screen. I mean, you'll see some teams run that idea where maybe you have, you know, two by two, you have a crossing route. And the two receivers on the right side of the field, they just end up blocking. The, yeah. They run their route right at a defender and start blocking them. But by time they get to the defender, the crossing route has already come and caught the ball. Mm. So now they're blocking after the guy caught the ball, so it's not legal anymore. Um, but this was with, like, linemen going downfield. Um in that case, like you're talking about, it wasn't just a pick play. He just went up and straight up blocked a guy, and they ran a route under him. That's illegal. I mean, even a pick play is technically illegal, depending on how you do it, blah, 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 blah. But no, this was just a straight up block. So, I mean, pass interference, offensive, whatever. Yeah. Point is, twice they ran that kind of stuff, and I was mad about it because it should have been a flag, and it wasn't. And still a smart play call. I like it, but it's a flag. All right, carry on. Goes. <laughs> My only thing I'm going to add goes back to what I said. Run it till they call the flag. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, that's all I got for mental, mental stuff. Mental mistakes. Yeah. Yep. A uh, couple personal fouls. Um, 
Outside of that, yeah. I mean, I think it was all right. Uh, let's get into the other ones, because I think they're all going to overlap a little bit. Yeah. So, let's start off with... Um, I thought it was an okay game. Uh, zero penalties in the first half. Never seen that before. Uh, the team never gave up. Quarterback seemed erratic. Uh, O-line and D-line needs to gel. The offense started slow. Kind of reminded me of last year. Moore's a great team. Losing was not unexpected. Would it be considered a good loss? That's my thoughts. Um, so going back to it, uh, it was a good game. It was an okay game. Yeah, I mean, I think it was an okay game. Yeah. Uh, zero first half penalties. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about, like not having penalties, that's a great thing. Having zero in the first half, the first half of a season. Yeah. I mean, first, first mean, half of the first game of the season, that's like. I mean, kudos to the kids and the coaches for just getting everybody lined up every time and having the discipline to not jump off sides not false start listen to your set um like you know we do some of those false um freeze calls check freeze with calls me check with me's you know got more to jump a couple of times but mm-hmm. like we never had a false start on one of those never had a line uh, a receiver lined up i mean just a mate kudos lining up well no false start stuff like that good um o-line d-line needs to gel um, I mean, I think I will agree with that as in you, you, you see some of the potential. I think the D-line did all right. I know, like, we're rotating guys, um, trying to keep fresh legs. you got people going both ways kind of stuff. One thing with that, um, I just this popped back into my head. There was a couple plays where I think it was power because we had our, our guard pulling that it seemed like Trell was beating the pulling guard to the hole. Yeah. And the guy that the guard's going to block is, you know, the one making the tackle. I don't know if that's Trell getting, like, happy feet back there, not really going through his footwork and letting the blocking develop, or if the guard's pulling too slow. Can't really say that definitively without going back and watching it, but that is something that needs fixed and cleaned up. Something that I'd be interested to go back and hear, because I think we asked Mazer that once. Mm Mm-hmm. And he had a very adamant answer one way or another, and I don't remember which one it was, so I don't want to misquote him. I feel like he said the running back can never be there quick enough. Like, it would never be his fault. I might be blatantly misquoting somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that was it, asked and brought up before. Like, Because obviously there's a timing with this stuff. But so it seemed like... I don't know, maybe not. I don't Something that kind of stood out to me, because, you know... Like you talked about before, I like looking at the formation, what the offense is trying yeah. to present to the defense. Normally, when we're running our like at least our base downhill runs, the running back is eight yards in the backfield, kind of lined up behind one of the guards, and that helps with the timing, him getting downhill quicker. That yeah. kind of eliminates the whole gripe a lot of people have about running out of the shotgun. He's in the same position he would be in the eye, except he's just behind a guard now rather than directly behind the quarterback. Against Moeller, it seemed like we had them kind of always scooched up a little more, a little closer to the quarterback, you know, a step or two, to where if you're not taking, as a running back, you're taking like a couple rhythm steps to yeah. let the blocking develop. It's just like a quarterback and his footwork and a, a three-step, a five-step, seven-step seven step drop, whatever, letting the routes develop. As a running back, you're, you have certain footwork for run plays to let your – blocking develop so you're not like we said beating your lead blockers to the hole yeah so i don't know if that had anything to do with it or what um but that's something i'm looking to get you know i'm sure it's going to get cleaned up 
because otherwise we did pretty well overall in our run game. Like we said, Trell had over 100-some yards. Nothing yep. was blatantly bad to me. Yeah, so uh, let's see what was the next one. Uh, give me thoughts of last year. Um, interesting. So, I mean, going back to last year, I, I, I mean, I see some differences, but maybe it's because I'm really stuck on this potential of our passing game. I, I think I, maybe I'm overselling it, but I think um, Slaughter and our receivers have the ability to throw the ball a lot more than we did last year. So it was definitely similar as in we played a really tough opponent first week one, mm-hmm. came out a little slow. Um, I agree with that aspect of it. Our defense is solid, gave up some big plays compared to last year. Yeah. Uh, maybe didn't give up. Like big plays like that. Um, I don't think we had like the mistakes last year that we did this year. So there's a difference. Um, coming out as a maybe the offense coming out as a slow start against a good team that that might be similar. I mean, I yeah, I guess you can twist it and kind of squint so hard to. I wouldn't expect. I wouldn't expect in a couple of games for somebody to still think that. No, uh, I think in general. You know, we've had our friends gripe about this before about coming out slow, but like I talked about earlier, it's it's a feel-out process. You're trying yeah. to – it's the first couple drives of any football team. It's going to be a fact-finding mission mm-hmm. more so than let, let's go score now. Um, so I think we are prone to start out a little bit slower. That's our – that's the method of our offense and defense, really. That's what we've always – I mean, that's what they've always preached. You know, you're feeling a team out, taking mm-hmm. some blows, seeing what they're doing, um, and then figuring out how to counter it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the negative to that is if you're playing a really good team and you start off slow, like, you might be down a score, down two scores, and now you're trying to, you know, play comeback. Yeah, you know, so, like – Which it, it's a – you know – it's a the end game, the long con here. You know, like we're trying to. You know, it's not who has won the first quarter, it's who wins the game. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing a really good team, you just don't want to find yourself in a hole too much. And I think that really speaks to how the coaches view us against these opponents yeah. week after week after week after week. Because you'll see a lot of like teams that know they're not as good as the guys they're lining up across from. Yep just come out and empty the mag like just get to the bottom of the playbook before that first drive is over um one team that really masslin team that masslin opponent that stands out to me is back in 2019 i it was one of the pennsylvania teams they came out they had like a 16 play drive just ran all sorts of funky shit i think they managed to score and then couldn't do anything the rest of the game because they didn't have anything left mm-hmm. um that's never been our MO because we view ourselves as always in it. It at worst we are the same level as the teams we're playing. So never bugged me. I that's kinda how I would treat it myself. That's you know, it's just what I agree with. And football, it's everybody's got their different philosophies that's what makes the game great nobody really if there was one way to do things then everybody would do it because it's successful but there's not so it's just who we are and i yeah back to the point of the main question i'm not getting 
Maslin 21 vibes from this team. It totally yeah. different team to me. A lot younger on defense, a lot more stuff to clean up, a lot more stuff that I think it's going to be easy to clean up. Offense, a lot more potential in the pass game, run game, not worried about whatsoever right now, and we'll see where they take it from here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Loss was not expected. Would that be considered a good loss? Um, I mean, we weren't favored. No. So, Actually, so the Ohio, the top 50 guy, yeah, he had us minus two. Uh, Reflog, the big Twitter Cleveland, Cleveland guy, guy. Yeah. had us minus three and a half. Mm-hmm. But it's the local Sharps that had us plus 17 and 17, a half. 17, yeah. I mean, we weren't favored to win. So from that standpoint, I mean, yeah, the loss is not unexpected. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're really young mm-hmm. right now, inexperienced, and we're playing a really good team. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, not super unexpected. I mean, I said it last week. I think between Moeller and St. Ed's, if we split it one-on-one, that's, yeah. we did pretty good. Yeah, so um, good loss. Kind of going along with it, we weren't expected to win, but I'm not going to call it a good loss because too many mistakes. I needed a couple of those bounces to go our way, mm-hmm. and they didn't. All of those big mistakes, big plays we talked about seemed to all favor Moeller. And I don't necessarily remember, like, any big things that went our way. So you can't be, like, 0-7 on big plays yeah, and still be a good loss. I'm not going to call it a good loss. No. Got to clean that stuff up. I would, I would call it a good loss in that you made those mistakes. You can learn from that stuff. Now, if that's stuff that continues to be yeah. issues. All right, you win a page from a win and a book from a loss. All right, Paul Brown, got it. Yeah, see? Look at that. You're welcome, by the way. Like I said, man, we took <laughs> this one on the chin. I feel good about it walking away. And, yeah, I'll throw whatever that Paul Brown quote was at it. You win a, you learn a page from a win and, and a, a book, book from, from a loss. loss. Yeah. So... It's stuff that, so long as everything gets cleaned up, you can look back three, four, five, ten weeks from now and say it was a good loss. Mm -hmm. If these issues keep compounding and keep getting worse and you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again, then what are we doing here? Bad loss. Okay. Next one. Uh, Okay. So what are your top three concerns that you're looking to be addressed going into week two? We will get better as the season goes on, um, but the dropped passes, missed tackles, and blown coverages were pretty hard to watch. So kind of a two-parter, but what are your top three concerns? Mm-hmm. And then uh, he mentioned drop passes, missed tackles, blown coverage. So, you you want to address his first? Yeah. Um, drop passes, I mean, I think that's that, obvious. That needs to get cleaned up. We, yeah. we talked about it. I don't see any way that it would continue. That's in my top three. Um, missed missed tackles. tackles. I mean, I think that was, I mean, completely changed the game. Yep. That's for sure. If you're, if you're going along the lines of not just physically missing a tackle, but physically putting yourself in a position to make a tackle, mm. you know, taking the right angle, um, playing you know being on top of the receiver or you know whatever you know being in the right position making the tackle i think if you kind of put those together yeah uh, then yeah absolutely um 
Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything to add. You're right. I yeah. agree with all that shit. Um, the one out of that is blown coverage. I don't know if we really had blown coverages as much as maybe put in a weird spot once so, or twice. So, yeah, I would... And then, like, missing a tackle or something. I don't... I would definitely disagree with the blown coverages. I think what they did is what those play calls were exactly meant to do. Yeah. it You're putting a player in conflict. He is doing his job as mm-hmm. best he can, which you end up with a safety 12 yards deep trying to cover a bang eight. And, dude, I, that's hard to cover from that. Or a guy... You know, from, again, 12 yards deep, trying to drive on a kid that just caught a bubble screen, takes a bad angle, misses a tackle. Like, there was nothing that I looked at our defense schematically, like, that I could see that told me kids were out of position. It was just kids not making the play that they had to make. Yeah, I mean, we have a young, inexperienced secondary, and we were also rotating guys in and out. Mm-hmm. We had different corners going in. We had different safeties going in. Um, so I think we did a decent job at like not blowing a coverage. Um, I understand what he might be saying from that, but I, I don't really want to put that on the, the coverage as much as just maybe missing the play. You know? Yeah. I, just, think, I think we were in position, just put in tough spots, mm-hmm. um, didn't make the tackle, didn't take the angle. Um, had a hard time covering a guy up the seam as an edge defender. I, so, uh, simple stuff like that. Well, I mean, not simple, but like, I, I don't think it was really blown coverage. So, yeah, I no. also kind of disagree with that. Uh, it was just their play calls got one on ones and they won those one on ones. So, I guess my top three concerns would be yeah, missed tackles. What was the first one? Drops. Drops. Drops, missed tackles. I'm going to put in there lefties misfires, mm-hmm. his bad throws. With that, just clean up the passing game a little bit. Easy, simple mistakes that I think just with time, they're going to get better at. It's just just like anything else. The more you do it, the better you get at it. I'm going to go. And the third one, real quick. You already our, did three. Go ahead. No. Yes. Missed tackles, our passing game. I put the catches and the missed fires as one thing. Okay. Yeah. The third one, kickoff coverage. Okay. My third one was going to be going to be special teams. Yeah. The kickoff coverage, um, you know, negative punt, mm-hmm. dropping uh, a kick, yeah. missing a kick. So I, I think in general, there were definitely some blunders, um, pers- two personal fouls on a kick return. Mm-hmm. Um, I think special teams is it's something that's going to step up, but that's one large group of a concern for me. Yeah, yeah. I think that requires that's going to require the most work compared to. I mean, I think catching passes is just gonna, as simple as you know today they're going to catch them. Last night they didn't. Like I, I th- yeah. I think it's as simple as that. I don't. I'm not concerned about the kids catching passes. I, I mean, worst case scenario, it's just more time on the jugs machine. Like you just catch more passes and you're off time. Um, with it, it went both ways though. The kick returns, I I would love to see the average kick return from last night because it felt like both teams were getting to the second, third level. You know, their one kit, their kicker made a touchdown saving tackle. Yeah. On what was it, Lennox? Liebler. Liebler. Um, I think. And there was a couple times we got you know down to the 
20, 30, 40, and they were doing the same. So I don't know if that's just first week, you have that one less week of um, practice. Mm-hmm. It's an entire thing that all levels of football seem to trying to be de-emphasizing anyway. So you're just getting like, you just don't have as much time on it as you normally would. Um, like you said, I think it's something that can be cleaned up. It's just going to take the longest to get there because it's all 11 guys need to do better. Yeah. I mean, also something we touched on a few years ago is like how they're taking it away. Like you said, I mean, I don't think they do it at the freshman level anymore. Um, and then I think even JV games might be like coach's decision or something or, hmm. or freshman or coach's decision. There's a lot less of it. So like kickoffs in general are, you see them on Friday nights, but I mean, at the lower levels, they're, they're starting to get taken away more. I think at the, at least a couple of years ago, the freshman level was like coach's decision or something. So, hmm. um, kids aren't practicing it as much. They're not getting as many reps. Yeah. Need that pracky, buddy. You need some pracky. But, yeah, I think special teams as a whole, um, missing a kick, getting a kick blocked, mm. having a negative punt. Now, the one bright spot of that, which I forgot to bring up earlier, is there was a couple times, you know, we were just a hair away from blocking their kicks. Did block them. And then we finally did yeah. get that block there. Um, I think it was a PAT. Yeah. But... We got some speed off the edge, man. I think that's going to be a threat, and teams are going to have a hard time kicking against us this year. Yeah. So, bright spot on special teams is our um, PAT block. Um, All right, so here's another one. Again, I mean, like I said, they overlap, so I don't think we need to really double dip. But uh, what do you see as our weak points that need to be addressed? Pretty similar to our concerns. Yeah. Uh, To me, it was our DBs slash coverage, specifically the communication and coverage. Also, the drop passes. So yeah, drop passes. We talked about it. Um, I mean, again, like, I think our DB play definitely gave up some big plays. Yeah. Also, the average person's probably gonna think that seam pass Mm -hmm. because I mean, at the time, I even did. Like, we watched the replay, I think, and I was like, oh. uh, Okay. Uh, when the running back went up the seam, like, my first thought was... Yeah. Like, I was thinking, like, blown coverage. Like, how did we let that one go? Um, so, like, I, I can understand that aspect of it. But I think when we watched it up on the screen, it was like, oh, that was different. Not what I thought it was originally. So, yeah. um, not really a blown coverage. And I don't think it was a communication coverage. I mean, outside of that, I mean, are there many plays that you can think of where they just had, like, guys open because we blew a coverage somewhere or we weren't guarding i I thought they did decent in coverage like i mean i guess nobody really got a whole game to get comfortable because of the rotation but i didn't see anybody out there looking obviously out of sorts i didn't see like guys yelling at other guys you know you can kind of watch the body language yeah when a db points another one like starts knife handing them like why weren't you here that kind of thing i didn't see anything like that and i Certainly don't remember seeing Coach Hack tearing any of them, which yeah. is usually you a big indicator. That, yeah. yeah, you will notice Coach Hack and Brack down on the sideline tearing into the DBs, and that's usually my big indicator of, oh, somebody screwed up an assignment. Um, didn't see any of that. So nothing about last night screamed to me. Bad communication, bad coverage, nothing like that, man. Yeah, I, I agree. That wasn't one of my big takeaways. I think they 
as a group need to play better. Yes. Um, but I don't think it was a straight coverage thing. No. I think coverage was all right. So, like I, to reiterate for the nth time, Moeller just did a really good job of getting one-on-ones, and their guys won. Anything else you got there on the Black Swarm side? Uh, there's one more. I'm just trying to find it. Um, that one, that one, that one. Uh, I think just in general, it was uh, safeties, defensive backs in general, looking like young defensive backs, um, which I think is just an overall theme. generalization of everything we just said. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, they are young as an entire group. Not a whole lot of returning starters at all out of the group of five or six that I saw running out there. Um, at least actually at least six, so I mean six or seven Ew. DBs. Well, because we were rotating corners at one point, we were rotating mm-hmm. safeties at one point. So, I mean, that's six kids right there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got a bunch of guys that you think you could start, throw them out in the live fire, see how they do. Yeah. So I mean, out of all of them, I think like one of them was kind of like a full time player last year a little bit. So, um, yeah. I mean, they're they're inexperienced. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So. They're playing like young, inexperienced players, and I would tend to agree with that. Yeah. So it is what it is. Got to step it up a little bit. Yep. I think that's uh, that's pretty much everything we got from feedback from fans. Okay. Um, I knew we didn't have much, and a lot of it was overlap. I didn't yep. think we were gonna dive that much into the overlap, but here we are. Gotta, gotta um, do it. I said I'd read them. I was looking for some talking points and decided to dive into the cesspool that is the Maslin Tiger Football Family Facebook group. I don't know why. I lose brain cells every time I go in there. But I was hoping we wouldn't have to do this. There was really only one that I think was. it's been a big talking point. Please don't pull out that cord. Thank you. That'd be all right. That's been a big talking point lately, at least from some people. Um don't know why we have to schedule up when we are Division Two team. We are 0-2 to start the year for this year and last. We shouldn't even be playing Moeller or St. Ed's. Then before the half and after the half with dumb coaching. Angry emoji face. We gained nothing by getting blown out by Mower Ed's. Rant over. Um, so we didn't include Pick in there either? No. Okay. Or when we played Menor a bunch. Yeah. Or and you know open. Well, we up. used to beat. We used to beat Menor, and then it kind of split, and then they got the best of us for like a couple years. Yeah, but they caught us in some down years. Yeah, and then they kind of took off themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I wholeheartedly disagree with this. I think when you come out, you know, first week of the season, you have an idea of who you think you are, and. You don't get, you don't gain anything by beating Bookdel forty-eight to three or Saint V forty-two to six. I think that gives your team kind of a false sense of confidence. You need to come out and you need to play the best of the best. You need a gut check, and these are the teams that are going to give you that gut check to really teach you who you are in the moment, what you need to work on the most, and give you experience against teams if your expectation of the season is more than just beating McKinley and having a decent playoff run. 
I'm kind of conflicted on this. I would never make a statement about how we shouldn't be doing it. That's for sure. But at the same time, I would understand it if we played a non-powerhouse team week one. Especially with how the season's set up now. Football season starts on August 1. Our first game is August 19. You're in pads for not even 18 days. 18 calendar days. You know, how many of those do you actually practice on? 18 fiscal days. You are in pads. You had one game simulation scrimmage, another scrimmage before that. I could almost see why you might want to play a not super powerful team week one. Just because everything's still so brand new, Mm -hmm. you're missing that extra week of practice, that extra two weeks of practice to where you used to get those days. Because let's just say you moved the schedule up, but they didn't allow you to start practicing any earlier. So now your practice time is just less than it used to be. So I would almost not be mad at the idea of, you know, trying i think we're a good enough team that you can go out there and you can play more and you can still get all your work in and everything and it was fine but if you are a team that's still trying to mesh things together a little bit if your offensive line is struggling going out there and you know if you're just if you're doing stuff you can't do which that wasn't a situation for us so i don't that's why i don't hate it yeah um, I think year in, year out, we're f- good enough to where we can go out there and compete week one. But I could also understand why there are teams that wouldn't want to. I do see the point. I do understand the underlying. But I disagree with that comment. Yes. I I do agree with the underlying point that that dude was fumbling over in a nonsensical way. Um, but I'm a firm believer in... You got to plan until you get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. You need to get punched in the face somewhere. I'd rather have it, you know, a real strong opponent happen early. Yeah. Um, I don't think Maslin will Maslin will ever be in the position where there some teams forty five to three feel good game yeah. to open the season. That's for sure. So I'm fine with scheduling big dogs early, man. Like, don't pack the schedule with ten molars. Mm-hmm. Well, nine molars in McKinley. But you got to figure out who you are early and then well, go from there. So here's my question. Last year, it's not like we went out there and got blown out. Really, right? No. Um, the year before that, I feel like we should have won. We absolutely should have beat Edge to quarterback, 2020. Quarterback got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, let's just go back and we – should have beat Eds. So let's start with that. Going out there and getting Molly whopped is that that for it didn't happen. No. First off, should have won. Secondly, so last year uh, they were they were able to push us around a little bit up front. They're bigger than us, wearing on us. Um, we were kind of in a tough spot week one. This year, do you think that person would have said the same thing if you take away those like six mistakes, seven mistakes, or take away half of them? If we lose by nine, is he going to say that? 
if we lose by three, is that guy still saying the same comment? I, think, I can't believe we lost by three. Like, don't schedule good teams. I think the average person is not going to say that. I can't speak to anybody in that particular Facebook group <laughs> saying that. But it, that's just my idea. It's like, you know, fumbling a kickoff can happen against any team. Yeah. doesn't matter if it's against more. It just happened to be a team that could capitalize on it. Yeah. So, I mean, it might. some of the mistakes are emphasized, but... I don't think people are saying that if you cut out some of the big plays we talked about. No, not one bit. And to quote the great Ric Flair, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. So, got to play the man. Yeah. So, was that was that the one Facebook comment that we wanted to destroy? Uh, the one that like didn't even make sense. Owen two the last two years, and he named the wrong teams. Uh, yeah, I believe that's all I managed to dredge out of that cesspool. Yeah, I mean, I got like I was scrolling through Facebook when I got up today, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is ugly. I'm not gonna. Yeah, it's not fun. Not, I don't. I don't like this. Most of the posts that I saw were all people complaining about other people in the stands. Like everybody thinks they're a coach. Everybody wants to complain, but I didn't see a lot of people. Like I saw a few guys. I saw a few people complaining, but like mm-hmm. most of it were people talking about how people shouldn't be complaining which is almost equally as annoying yeah because you have people that <laughs> okay but um nonetheless it's yeah, yeah i don't first off, i don't go on facebook for anything that is knowledgeable anyway like but... <laughs> i said I, I lose brain cells every time i look at a post every time that. it's so bad but yeah, so there's, there's going to be people that complain about everything, but, you know, try to make sense when you do, I guess. I guess my main point in bringing that up is... And use punctuation. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> my main point in bringing that up is, please give us more questions to answer so I don't have to keep doing that. So I'm just glad that you have to see the stuff in that group, and I don't. <laughs> I almost wish they would block me. <laughs> but I never post in there, so there's no cause to block me. So yeah. I don't know, maybe ranting on here. Because we know they listen, they just like never. Are they? The, are they the group of people that listen to this? Yeah, they're <laughs> very like they'll bring up shit we talk about, but in really? a very nebulous way. Like back a few years back, we talked about like oh, who would be the greatest, uh, you know, 2010 team of all time? Yeah, and dude posts on there like, you know, I heard people talking about like who would be the greatest 2010s <laughs> team of all time, like. Name drop us verbatim, yeah. Yeah, like you can you can bring us up. I, are we blacklisted? Actually, yes, blacklist us, please. <laughs> Even better, yeah. Oh, there might be some. I, I don't see the group, so I don't know if there's any positives or good in there or not. I don't want to just diss the whole group without knowing. But from what I've heard, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> I don't go in the comment section much. I only see the see people the post, that yeah. think what they have to say is important enough to post something directly onto the, the same, page the same people that asking what the loud booms were last night yeah okay yeah so i i mean i guess digging through the comments a little bit seemed a little more like oh not everyone here sucks okay so not to shit on everybody there just mm-hmm. kind of the general vibe of the whole group not not my speed um yeah that's all i got out of that let's see what else we got to talk about yeah i got I got nothing else, so we can get into just round out, do a rattle off a top fiver, and well, let's make it quick. Get out of what here. What is it? I told I you. I don't know what it is, so it's surprise me. I rattled off a couple. Um, let's go with the yeah. 
top five on your Maslin bucket list, not including anything football-related because that one's too obvious. So I got like 13 here, and I'm going to try and rank off the cuff. So you're kind of doing this at the same time as I am. Yeah, but you at least have a list to go off of, I guess. Yeah, gave it some thought. Uh, do it like last time, back and forth, five, four, three, two, one. Well, mine aren't going to be very ranked because I'm just going to try to think of them one at a time. But <laughs> wonderful. Um, number five, let's go Lieberman's Tiger Tail on game day, the football cookies, mm-hmm. and obviously, like we said, not football related, but I'm still. Taking that one. Okay. Um, yeah, like I said, it's not any order. Krause's double stuffed pizza. Okay. Double crust. Yeah, that one's on mine. A little higher up. Uh, number four, I got seeing Crazy Bike Lady. Just the yeah. Crazy Bike Lady spottings around town. Yeah, it's crazy bike walking lady now. Yeah. She just walks her bike around. Father time's undefeated, man. That is true. Um, Smiley's. Ah, I had that as my five and I called an audible out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Snooze, you lose. Yeah. Can't beat Smiley's, man. Yeah, you can with Cross's Double Crust, but still, Smiley's is is a staple. It is. It's really good. They have good deals. Should go there more. Yeah. Number three, this one's a little more personal to me, I guess. Sledding down the hill next to 17th Street. You know, on the north. It's like Lincoln Park or West something. side, yeah, Lincoln Park, but the op- the other side of it, the hill that's like filled with trees and shit. Back when it would like... Well, it's still Lincoln Park, isn't it? Sure. I don't know. The disc... Like yeah. disc golf over there? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking more like the actual playground area. The opposite side yeah. of that with the big-ass hill. Yep. Back in the day, me and, me and my dad would go sledding down there all the time. When I was younger, I would just ride on the sled with him, and we're hauling ass, missing trees by, like, you know, this much. And then when <laughs> I got older and I could ride the sled myself, he just, he's like, if you're going at a tree, just bail. <laughs> well, there you go, yeah. Didn't hit a tree, as far as I know, so. Just don't hit it, yeah. Probably no lasting brain damage there. Unless yeah. I did and just completely forgot about it. And I mean, you wouldn't remember. Nope. You know. So that's my three-er. And trust me, you are hauling ass down that hill. <laughs> I'll have to take your word for it. We didn't really have too many hills on this side of town. Yeah, not really. I mean, if it like, snowed bad enough, they'd like, shut down some of the roads that are on hills. So you mm-hmm. could go down those, like 10th Street Hill, which is a road. Yeah. But um, also, like, um, Phillips over by Matt, Jim, where they grew up, and the one right next to it, I don't remember. Um, sometimes they would shut that down. So I could, like, snow down there, but I'm just thinking of, like, where a decent hill is. Smith, it's not a great hill, but they have a hill. It also, like, runs up into the backyard of my grandparents house like i would go down that a little bit as a kid but you know not a whole lot of sledding yeah at least that i know of and did yeah um so what's your three spot man i had one i don't like 
I don't want to put that in the top five anymore. So I got to like think of something else because I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Trying to find non-Maslin stuff or non-football stuff in Maslin, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah we're a football town, but we got other stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> going to Walmart. <laughs> Just the most generic Midwest town answer you can get. <laughs> Going to Walmart. I love Walmart. I love our Walmart. I mean, I it was do. such a big deal when they first built it. You know, it was like the biggest one east of the Mississippi at the time. Mm-hmm. Just some humongous Walmart shopping center. I don't think there was anything over there. I did think they put, Walmart was the beginning of the shopping center. Did they put that there after? The, yeah, the water treatment plant was there before Walmart, right? I mean, probably. I don't know. doesn't always offer the greatest smells, but yeah, it's kind of the... Though I, I feel like the first like ten years it didn't smell. It wasn't until like we were in middle school, it started smelling like that, and it well, maybe not ten years then, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Well, my number two, obviously, got to be the Krause's Double Crust. Hard to beat. West Side's obviously the best one, so that's not true. The OG on Amherst. I see. You can tell yourself that all you want, but mm-hmm. West Side's the best side. Yeah, whatever. What? Hey, sledding and Krause's double crust. Hmm. Number two, what do you got? I mean, how not football related are we counting? Not football related. Can like driving around downtown during McKinley week count? Yeah, I'll like get everything's up. Like Lincoln Way's all decorated. Businesses mm-hmm. are at their best for having masculine spirits out. You know, not. Ju- I mean, obviously it's football related, but masculine tradition related. Mm-hmm. Um, just being around downtown during that time, you know, leaves are all changed colors, and the sun sets right over Lincoln Way at six o'clock at night. <laughs> Got that crisp fall air. Yeah, just feeling good. I like that one. I'll give that one to you. Okay. My number one, Cameo Breakfast, man. Oh, that's what I should have done is... Yeah. That was on... Like, Cameo's on my list, so... But I only left myself one spot. You can't beat... You go to Cameo Breakfast... How many places are still cash only anymore? (laughs) Get there with the third shifters just getting off. It's like, well, you see them drinking beer. You got... You obviously got to have a Miller Lite with your breakfast, too. (laughs) (laughs) There's no better way to start the day. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, Cameo, that was part of my top five. I was, okay. like, waiting for mm-hmm. that one. But, yeah. So, Cameo, that is that is a Maslin bucket list right there. Yep. Can't beat it. So, that's a Maslin top five non-football bucket list. If y'all got a top five, you know, you got something on there that we don't, mm-hmm. let's hear it. Where would you place the uh, traditional coming-of-age ceremony for men in Maslin um, doing the head dive off Tremont Bridge? mm I think that one. Everyone, like on their 16th birthday, they have to yeah. go jump off Tremont Bridge. Yeah. Um, I think that one's just outside, just outside. looking in. Yeah. yeah. It's all. It's like almost too normal. Like mm-hmm. You can find that in other cities, probably. Yeah. Okay. You, you can find other dumb shit kids do in other cities. Mm-hmm. But you have going to Walmart on your list, so. <laughs> I was struggling there for a sec. <laughs> like, Sorry. I, I'm surprised you're struggling. Cause I, was I, gonna, I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna put an asterisk next to it i was gonna say going to the resi like back before they <laughs> took all the water out yeah but i was like ah, i don't want to include that so 
All right, back. Like, I texted you this, I think, a month and a half ago, just because that's when it popped in my head. Mm-hmm. I think because I saw somebody post it on Twitter. But going down the tusk in any fashion. Yeah. That's up there. Yeah, that's on there. Um. But like you, like you, you rattled off like you know seven, eight, nine, <laughs> just off the cuff. Oh, and you're struggling now, I'm bub. Struggling now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Just get in front of a, get in front of a camera and a microphone, and suddenly your mind goes blank. Yeah, apparently. Um, going down the tusk. Okay. That's that's definitely one. That's on there. I mean, I guess you could like include like the tusk or bike path or whatever. I'm more of a water than biker, but yeah. Um, I mean, you can do it the legit way. You can go to Ernie's and do the rental and go up to the launch pad and come down and finish at the spot you're supposed to. Or you can get an inflatable raft from the store and just jump in at any part. You might want to, you know, I suggest starting south of the spillway. Apparently that can kill people. You start south of there and then you can just end up in the boonies somewhere. Um, I just suggest having a plan. Now, the first time we ever did it. I was like, going to say, would you suggest that during a downpour? See, I thought it was fine during the downpour. Not everyone enjoyed it. <laughs> um, I thought it was fine. But, yeah, just get yourself a raft and hop in the water. Kind of pointed out to have an exit point because we just decided to get out at one spot. Didn't have a vehicle down there. <laughs> or, like, he's got to call somebody to come yeah. pick you up while you're soaking wet generally the exfil point is where you leave your vehicle so you don't have to yeah no that that's the way you should do it yeah and we have done it that way just like the first time didn't think it out that well but, yeah. so so it goes mm-hmm. probably too many headers off worth the bridge it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> worth it so with that that's all we got tonight um go tigers beat glen oak go tigers